Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every episode is a separate, complete adventure with a beginning and an end, so you can listen to them in any order. We are joined today by Boltzmann. Hello, everybody. Boltzmann is a level 3 battlesmith artificer and a level 10 blade singer wizard. Uh, he is a brain in a jar, a giant brain, might I add, who is currently glowing blue. The jar is uh, fitted with uh, bells and whistles and lights and wheels at the bottom. And uh, there's two arms extending from the lid of the jar, which he uh, generally uses to gesticulate wildly and cast arcane spells. He is accompanied by uh, a little bit of an entourage. He's got his steel defender, a robot butler, uh, the robotic chimp, Mr. Langley, who's dressed in uh, a bow tie and uh, there's little things you put in your arms. Cufflinks. Cufflinks, sure. And he's got... uh, Miss Motoko, who is a displacer beast, a nine-foot-long, six-legged cat with tentacles on her back, who is never where you think she is. Yeah. Furious. Hi. Yeah, Furious Johnson. Uh, So, level 13 monk. Uh, He's standing about four foot six, four foot seven tall. He's got a tidy little mohawk haircut going on and a pair of shiny uh, leather tight-fitting trousers, uh, some rather rather chunky steel toe cap, like hobnail-type boots. And um, as ever, he's, he's, he's drowsed in, in, in baby oil. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Who doesn't love a baby oil-covered dwarf? Exactly. And Dr. Crud Third. Dr. Crud Third is a 13th-level doctor. He is a loxodon standing... <clears throat> standing eight-foot... Two inches now high, uh, five feet, two inches wide. He's got uh, blue jeans, a white button-down shirt with a red tie, and a white lab coat that's made out of leather, and with Dr. Crud III stenciled on the left side. He's got a beans pocket and a Jenny pocket, and only one of them is occupied at this time. Yeah, Jenny's back. All right. You are all in the Fire-Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. The guild is a large building with a bar, a sitting area with wooden tables and chairs, and a wall with a corkboard and job flyers posted. Boltzmann and Dr. Crud III. One morning, recently, when you were traveling back from Blymington on the Rock, which is the name of the town in the adventure Cross Crusty Running, You woke up next to your campfire in the woods and realized that some of the dozens of egg sacs you'd been carrying around had hatched. Empty white eggshells were all that remained. It's probably not a big deal. The door to the guild hall creaks as it opens. You turn to look and recognize the modestly but professionally dressed human man entering the guild hall to be Yane Honeytree, an accountant. In the past, he has been hired before by Nulisag, the leader of the fire-breathing kittens. Iain sees you and approaches, readying a pack of papers. He holds out a paper to each of you and says, Hello, fire-breathing kittens. Here is your annual resident tax form. Wouldn't want to lose this. You'll need to display this on moving day. Do you accept the page? Annual resident tax form? Last I knew, I was... 
off the grid, so to speak. Legally, D-E-A-D. I still have to pay taxes. <laughs> your new persona does, yeah. As Boltzmann, I guess, not as your previous life. Huh. This is, this is outrageous. <laughs> well, question. Do you live in Nicomoy? I suppose I, I do live in Nicomoy in a matter of speaking. Ah, well, yep, okay. So, Ian hands you a page. Do you accept it? Boltzmann will accept the page uh, to have a look at it. Dr. Crud the Third and Furious, are you residents of Nicomoy? Yep, yep. I guess I've got to pay some taxes. I'll take the page. Well, the uh, Crud family is very well known in Nicomoy. I don't think he could get away with not uh, being a resident. All right, all three of you have a page. Ian continues distributing forms to other people in the guild hall, his voice growing softer with distance. You look at your form and read, 49594, Resident Monstercade Tax. Five gold due per adult Nikimui resident. Printed name, and then a line. Signature, and then a line. Notary stamp and then a line. Display on your door on moving day, or be moved. At the bottom, there is a second paragraph you haven't read yet. What is this um, moving day that they speak of? Well, you either pay your taxes, or they move you the hell out. (laughs) Ian calls over his shoulder. That's right. Two weeks from now, that's the day when town guards come and physically remove any Nicomoy resident who doesn't have a stamped resident tax receipt displayed on their door. A tight group of dozens of guards comes, picks up everything you own, carries it all past the town wall, and dumps it there. It's a bit inconvenient for the dumpee, but if you're in a market for a new couch, oh boy, the day after moving day is a treat. Yeah, the pickings are really fun to go through. I'm a little tempted not to sign this form at all and to ignore it altogether, if only just so I can see them try to remove me. No, I'm, I'm not in the mood for being dwarf-flung anywhere, so I think I can probably afford five gold, and we'll, 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 we'll just deal with it. Yeah, and they're going to send an acre of them fellas after you, so uh, I, I, it's just five gold. Just pay it. Don't you want to see what happens, gentlemen? Boltzmann versus the armed guards? I can always construe a new identity after it. All right, you know what? You go right ahead. I'm going to charge five dollar, five gold to ticket, and uh, yeah, let's do it. I'd be interested to see it. I mean, I don't don't know how many brains in tubes are out there roaming roaming the wild outside the walls of Nicomoy, but, uh, you know, there's probably at least more than one. All right, it is decided then, and Boltzmann throws uh, his form into the fire. Okay. (laughs) And the other two? Oh, I'm paying my taxes. I'm paying my taxes. I'm just going to pop to the bar, grab myself a drink, and sit and watch what happens to Boltzmann. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, that'll be a show. <laughs> so as Furious and Dr. Crud III head over to Yain to have their form notarized and hand over five gold, um, he stamps your form and you now hold it in your hands. And remember, there's a second paragraph. So you guys, by the way, have paid. So go ahead and subtract off. Remember that pen that I told you to have? Subtract off from <laughs> you have paid five gold and you now possess in your inventory one notarized Monstercade tax receipt. Uh, Furious Johnson doesn't read form, so he completely ignores the paragraph below. Okay. Being a doctor, Dr. Crud knows to read everything, and he so he does. Okay. 
only Dr. Crud, since Boltzmann has thrown his in the fire and Furious is not reading this. <laughs> only Dr. Crud sees. The second paragraph says, Always hiring. Town guards. Must pass feet of strength. Which, to get a bit meta, you out of game interpret to mean that the guard applicant must be able to survive 10 damage and be able to deal 10 damage in a round. Pay 500 gold per year. And Dr. Crud III, do a history check. Absolutely. Uh, that's going to be a five. Okay. The end. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ten damage. Is this a joke? Oh, you don't know that. Uh, Boltzmann looks at Dr. Crud and says, Well, Dr. Crud, what does it say? Are they going to come after me? Yes, they are going to come after you with as many as they can. Mm-hmm. Hey, Furious, can I talk to you for a couple minutes over here by uh, a side by the bar? Chill thing, Crud. What, what, what have you got for me? Uh, all right, uh, Boltzmann, you can go, 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 go away for a little bit. Boltzmann goes to the bar with his uh, attendants. Thank you. I still love you. Nusi serves you a drink. <laughs> hey, Furious, Furious. See what the second paragraph says? Is they're, they're looking for guards. Now, you and I could sign up. And you and I, he was wondering how long, how many it would take to evict him. I bet you it's just <laughs> me and you. <laughs> I think we could have him just between us two. Easy, <laughs> easy, Dr. Crud. Let's do it. Let's sign up. You want to do it? All right, let's do just it. Just in time for moving day. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Baltimore, we're done. Now, just one more question. Uh, did it say anything about what happens if I escape? If I get away with it, with it, do I not have to pay the five gold? Oh, it's just your stuff that's going out, and you're gonna get tossed out. And then whether you walk through the gates again, I mean that's completely up to you. Not to worry. I carry all my possessions in my extra-dimensional compartment. And he slaps his his robotic rump, going clang clang. Oh, so you're saying it's going to be even easier to evict you. What exactly are you implying, Dr. Crud? Well, the, 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 the cops don't have to pick up your stuff and toss it out the, ro- the, the walls. They just got to pick you up and toss it out the walls. Ah, I'd like to see them try. Well, you burned your stuff. We'll see on moving day. I am uh, very interested. So you will pay, you will, you will sell tickets for five gold apiece? Yeah. There's okay. my taxes already taken care of right there. I presume that, as a doctor, you will cut me another profits. Well, that depends. If I, if I do that, then I could be blamed for you taking a dive. So, I mean, that's going to get into the... We have to go through beans about that with that legal mumble-jumbo. Oh, well, fair enough. Um, I will roll a quick insight check to see if Voltsman knows what's going on. I've got a minus one... And I rolled a six, so uh, Boltzmann has no clue. So you try to see if uh, Dr. Kretz lying to you? Oh, just to see if Boltzmann has any clue about the plan that you two concocted together. <laughs> uh, so what would that be for Dr. Crud? Deception. Deception? Okay. That is going to be an 18. That is higher than a six. So yeah, your plan is a secret. <laughs> Screech! A chair Very makes well. a hideous. Very well, Sorry? Dr. Crud. Let's uh, go back to 
to uh, our table, shall we? Now, as I was saying, I've good good news. I finally integrated the spider intestine into my bodily form. Yes, I can eat and drink again, thanks to uh, thanks to your help. If you hadn't supplied those organs, I'm not sure what my body would look like now. Well, you know, without a circulatory system, it's only going to last a few days. We're going to have to put a new one in every few days. So just keep that in mind. And I thought I heard a screeching sound. (laughs) Screech! A chair makes a hideous sound as it is pulled across the floor. Nulisag, the two-foot-tall dwarf leader of the Fire-Breathing Kittens Guild, stops pulling the chair once it is in front of the jobs board and climbs to stand on its seat. He reaches up and pins two flyers to the corkboard. Because you each possess the magical fire-breathing kitten's tattoo, you can read the writing written there. Nulisag hops back down, leaves the chair where it is, and walks back to the stairs to return to his office. Hi, Nuli. Hi, Dr. Crowd III. Hug. New jobs. All right, well, I'll take a look at that in a minute. I want a hug, though. Give me a hug, please. The eight-foot-two-inch-tall Loxodon and the two-foot-tall elderly dwarf embrace. I'm so glad you're not a changeling anymore. I have recovered, thankfully, from being unconscious for three months under that stage. Thank you for noticing I was gone and saving me. And he hugs you more. Because <laughs> I'm sure I... that's what you told him, right? You were like, <laughs> we came for you. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. You fire-breathing I... kittens are the best. And he, he gives everybody a hug, except for Furious, who's all greased up. And then he's like, you too. And then he hugs you. And now he's got to go shower. <sighs> Cool. So, yeah, post-hug, Furious uh, sees the chair, uh, thinks he's going to take use of it and um, sort of skips over a bit bit, <laughs> bit more jauntily than he thought he was going to do. Jumps up on the chair and grabs uh, and starts to read the uh, notices on the board. Hey, Furious, being greased up as you are, how do you sit down and not slide everywhere? <clears throat> oh, my trousers aren't greased up, so my butt's good. I've got some grip on my butt. <laughs> That's fine. All right. I just I need to be careful of leather chairs. Leather chairs in particular are uh, are quite dangerous. They're quite tricky for me. <laughs> the first job flyer says, and I hope you guys have your pen ready. Urgent monster attack two five three eight Blama Camp Road Elysian Fields one hundred thousand gold. And I'll read that again for you. Urgent monster attack two five three eight Blama Camp Road Elysian Fields. 100,000 gold. There's one here for 100,000 gold, lads. That sounds like a pretty nice little uh, nice little number. We can sure we can take out some monsters. Well, let's read the other one. Maybe that's one. Maybe that one's a million. Mm. Let me see. And he does. And he sees. The second job flyer says, Urgent! Monster attack! 6931 Pindar Road. Elysian Fields. 100,000 gold reward. Looks like we could do two jobs in one go. 200,000 gold. It's the same general area. It sounds like a monster attack double whammy. It could be the same monsters. We could just eliminate one group and get paid twice. Exactly my thoughts, Dr. Crud. Where is Elysian Fields? Is that nearby Nicomoya? Roll a history check. And while you do that, look at the map right next to the board so you get advantage. Do I get advantage? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> uh, that is a natural 20, then, for a total of 26. Oh, you've been there before. And you notice that one wall of the Guild Hall is a person-sized map. 
You've searched this map for job locations many times. Recalling and glancing at it now, Elysian Fields is an exclusive wealthy enclave of mansions outside of Nicomoya's city walls, and you, Boltzmann, have been there before. Oh, crap. Rich people again. Now, what do you have against rich people, Dr. Crud? It just means that they are successful in some avenue in life, whereas others aren't. And it means that you use those other people for monetary gain. <laughs> the last rich people... Well, every time I come in contact with a rich person, they're either A, jerks, B, jerks, or C, jerks. Furious nods, nods agreeingly to that. Yep. Jerks. I see. I would argue that um, you could say that all of us are pretty rich in the scheme of things. I used to run a uh, multi-million gold piece company back in the day, and uh, I would say that right now we're not faring uh, so poorly with our personal effects. Furious looks himself up and down and realises everything he pretty much owns in the world is is on him right now, and he doesn't even have a shirt. So <laughs> he looks at Boltzmann and says, eh, maybe you, Boltzmann, maybe you, mate, but uh, some, of us, some of us live life a little bit more frugally. What did you do with all the gold that you earned, Furious? <laughs> uh, Furious kinds of hangs his head slightly embarrassed in, in, in embarrassment. Um, he just he just never really kept a track of it. He's not quite sure where it where it is or where it went or how much he ever actually earned. He only realised a couple of weeks ago that that gold was actually vaguely important in this whole thing. Boltzmann rolls up to Furious and inspects his purple pants and says. See, there's your problem. There's a hole in your pocket right here. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. How did I not realise it? I wondered where that draft was coming from. All the gold you earned must have fallen through there. Well, I'm uh, glad you at least still had five gold pieces to pay off the tax attendant. Although I wonder what would have happened if you hadn't had those five gold pieces and you and I would be on a team together. But I suppose I will... Continue wondering. Let's head toward Elysian Fields, everybody. Alonze. Indeed. You all step outside the Fire-Breathing Kittens Guild Hall, patting your feet on the cobbled road. Every road in Nicomoy, regardless of small or large, benefits from the City Works program. Even the tiniest alley is paved. Do you turn left to go uphill to the suburbs and forests, or right to go downhill to the beach? Elysian Fields is to the left, right? Well, it's, it's got to be left, isn't it? The rich people are always uphill. That's how the world works. They go left. You arrive at the thick Nicomoy city walls. Fifty feet high and as many wide, infused with sigils, the impressive earthenwork protects the city. Transversing through Nicomoy's perimeter is like walking inside a tunnel, a dark pipe with light on the other end. A group of guards nods at you, permitting you to pass. Do you say anything to them? Dr. Crud hugs them. Oh, they hug Dr. Crud back! You're famous for your hugs around the city, and you brighten everyone's day. Furious kind of opens his arms to offer them a hug, and they, they both look at his greasiness and uh, <laughs> just, just back off. <laughs> yes, and with that, you've made it. You emerge into the bright sunlight. There are houses and businesses here, too. 
and copses of trees. Two weeks from now, there might even be a couch. <laughs> or a Boltzmann. <laughs> Continuing on your journey, you head towards the suburb of Elysian Fields. Outside the city wall, the cobbles transition to an unpaved road that wends between huge mansions. Whereas before, guards occasionally patrolled the street, here you have seen none. Maybe there are bandits? Perception check, everyone? Twelve. Uh, Non-nat twenty. Boltzmann rolls with advantage because of his obviator's lenses and gets a non-natural twenty as well. Oh, can I use my nose to get my advantage? Dr. Crow III is sniffing for bandits. Question mark. Okay. That's going to be 18 then. You're all very perceptive and can tell. Nope, no bandits today. Possibly a passive benefit from living so close to the city. The city walls are right there. You continue on your journey. Occasionally, an estate has a fence around it, but most possess gardens and grounds that simply slope to the forest. You reach a T in the unlabeled, unpaved road. Left or right? Since Boltzmann has been here before, can he head toward 2538 Blumkamp Road? Absolutely. Having been here before, you know that although there's no label, it is the left that is Blancamp Road. You arrive at 2538 Blancamp Road. The first thing you can't help but see is the massive swimming pool in this mansion's front yard. There are two shade-covering houses, awnings, sort of, next to the pool, on the left and the right. Behind the pool, a massive yellow-stoned, purple-roofed mansion takes up what would in Nikimoy possibly be a whole city block. It's huge. This is a home? Ah, I think my, my uh, dance is bigger. Well, shall we go knock, gentlemen? This is 2538, is it? That's what Boltzmann says. If this is 2538, that means there's 2,537 other houses along this street, and if they're all as big as this, this is one hell of a long road. Oh, they're rich. They could have just picked whatever number they want. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes uh, rich people like larger numbers, so they uh, request, uh, request them with the municipality. Uh, I see. It's all just one-upmanship, isn't it, with these guys? The jerks. Yeah, I mean, look at the size of that pool. Who needs a a lake in the backyard. It's true. I could drown a thousand times over in that lake. I'm not going to go anywhere near it. Gentlemen, to me, you sound envious of this uh, this pool. Wouldn't we all like to have a a uh, lake-sized pool in our backyards? Besides, it's not even that big. You would. Do you do realize the maintenance you'd have to do on it? No way. Nuh-uh. I ain't doing that maintenance. Of course, I realize the maintenance. My body is a pool maintenance machine. <laughs> <laughs> and Boltzmann presses a slot where a chlorine tablet comes out. Oh, wow, that doesn't rust you? <laughs> no, no, no. My body was specifically designed to hold in various conditions. Underwater, outer space. Lava will do me in, though. <laughs> All right, keep you away from lava. Check. Noted. Julie. A good thing to tell to your doctor. Yes, no lava treatments. Should we go knock? Let's. We go and knock. You approach the house. Standing up from where they were reclining in a lounge chair under one of the covered cabanas next to the pool, a hooded figure calls out to you. Halt! Who goes there? Fire-breathing kittens. We got a job. 
A small woman with beautiful red lips but hideous burn scars all over the top half of her head and face holds a fireball in one hand and approaches you. Her eyes widen in recognition, Dr. Crud III. She clenches her fist and the fire crackles angrily. Why don't you all do a history check? Twelve for me. Twenty-three for Boltzmann. Nine. Okay. I am so, not historical this, this episode. That's okay. Officially, <laughs> none of your characters recognize Keshet Burn. Keshet Burn is from the adventure How to Construct a Siege, where she met Dr. Crud III, Beans, and Olive as they protected a golem from someone who was trying to get her back. So Keshet Burn is the one that uh, y'all knocked really unconscious in the guild hall and had arrested. But then her boss uh, was no longer able to employ her after that, and so it would appear that she is here. But you, the player, knows that, but the character doesn't. And that's how we're going to do history checks this episode, because there's a lot of... There are no new characters this episode. So, anyway. Behind her... So, yeah. I was going to say, Furious sees her kind of clenching her fist and misreads the situation, says, no, 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 we really are the fire-breathing kittens, look, and um, pulls down his trousers and shows her the tattoo on his left butt cheek. Just to make sure. Do a persuasion check. Let's see if this is perceived well or poorly. 21. That's very well. Okay, so then behind her, a Goliath of a man stands up from his lounge chair as well. Six foot eight, all muscle, dark skin, stark white hair, and tribal tattoos all around his arms. And because you're showing your tattoo, he says, Oh, the gnomes hired you? Hmm... They glance up at the main house, which hasn't yet reacted to your presence. No doors have opened. No window blinds have been peeked through that you can tell. Well, that's really too bad. We've got things handled here. He whistles incredibly loudly, and two goblins come running from behind the house. Maybe we'll handle you real quick, too. They draw weapons. And you did get a 21 on your persuasion check, so burn lowers her flaming hands. She is not going to fight you. He will. And uh, weren't there people rushing from behind the house? Dr. Crud III, do a history check. Oh, you mean goblins? Like the ones I met in the alley? You've met several goblins, haven't you? <laughs> uh, another history check. So that's going to be it's gonna be an 18 this time. Okay, this time you recognize Grack and Spork from Mythical Dilemmas. You killed their friend. So, do you guys really want to do this with us? You do realize who we are. I mean, Furious did show them your tattoo. So, because of that and the 21, Burn recognizes that she's not going to be able to beat you. And she does realize who you are, indeed. However, Titus, Titus Asker, uh, is going to fight you, as are these two goblins. We kicked his butt last time, too. (laughs) Yes, everybody roll initiative. Uh, you don't recognize him, Doctor Crud the Third. So I no, I uh, my me me does, but not yeah. Doctor Crud doesn't. But those goblins, no. <laughs> <laughs> Boltzmann has got a seventeen for initiative. Um, the the dot on the dice for nines and sixes is the dot at the bottom. Or at yes, the, top? the dot is at the bottom. Okay, nine then. And while while he's rolling for initiative, Furious Johnson waggles his butt one more time and points 
vigorously at his at his tattoo just to just to just to emphasize the point that they should really know better than what they're getting into. Dr. Crud got an eighteen. Okay, so it's Dr. Crud, Boltzmann, Furious, and then them. And Furious, because of your persuasion check, them does not include Cachette Burn. Just Titus, Grack, and Spork. What was Titus? Mm-hmm. He's a big dude, isn't he? He's a, a Goliath, he's a... Yeah. Okay. Well, he's a Goliath of a man. Let me double check his race real quick. Ah. It wasn't stated. <laughs> he's 6'8". He's real strong and tall. Cool. Yeah. We'd have to ask the DM for that episode. Anyway. Fair enough. So, um, yeah. Dr. Crud Third, you're up first. Byrne has lowered her hands, and they're not on fire. Titus is has said that he can handle you, too, because he's got things handled here. And he's called for reinforcements, Grack and Spork. What do you do? Well, I guess we're doing this. I tried to ask him if you really want to do it. He did not say anything, and he's just looking all mean. <laughs> but I, I boys be trying our best, so goblins. Dr. Crud brings out his crossbow and fires at uh, Spork. Natural 20 to hit, so 27. That hits. That's to be 18 damages to his face. The arrow flies through the air and lands in Spork. Spork is dying on the ground. He's bleeding on the lawn. That's okay. I'll, I'll, I'll heal him up. We just need him out of the fight. Next. Is Boltzmann. It's your turn. What do you do? Uh, how closely are these people together right now? Grack is across the lawn. I'd say 50 feet. Titus and Burn are within 10 feet of you. Standing up from lounge chairs. Boltzmann will cast a wall of force to uh, to lock up the uh, the two closest combatants. And I will read that spell for you. An invisible wall of force springs into existence at a point you choose within range. The wall appears in any orientation you choose as a horizontal or vertical barrier or at an angle. It can be free-floating or resting on a solid surface. You can form it into a hemispherical dome or a sphere with a radius of up to 10 feet, which is what I'm doing. Each panel must be contiguous with another panel. In any form, the wall is a quarter of an inch thick. It lasts for 10 minutes. If the wall cuts through a creature's space, when it appears, the creature is pushed to one side of the wall. Nothing can physically pass through the wall. It is immune to all damage and can't be dispelled by dispel magic. A disintegrate spell destroys the wall instantly. The wall also extends into the ethereal plane, blocking ethereal travel through the wall. Wow. Is that from both directions? Yes. So you can't go in or out? Yes. Let's uh, patch up these goblins and head into the house. Titus reacts by banging his fists against the wall angrily, and Byrne looks at her six-foot-eight-inch-tall companion and rolls her eyes. She remembers that you guys very, very thoroughly <laughs> trounced them last time, and she's like, ah, oh, my idiot friend. Without further ado, Boltzmann uh, rolls past them and heads toward the main door of the house. Got it. You have moved your movement distance, which is, I think, 30 to 40 feet. I'll go into Blade Song just for, just for the sake of it. Uh, ha! Doing a little flourish, uh, which <laughs> adds my intelligence to AC, and uh, I will move 40 feet. You are now 40 feet further. You have passed the lounge chairs and the pool and are rolling, I guess, up to... Grack. All right, you're 10 feet away from Grack. Furious, it's your turn. It is my turn. You are 50 feet away from 
Grack. 50 feet. Now, where's my movement? Yes, and Titus is in a bubble. See, my <laughs> movement was 45 feet. Ooh, 45 feet. So I would have to Let's say you're 45 dash. feet away from Grack. Oh, okay. Nice. Thank you. Okay, so, um, yeah, well, Sephiris is going to head towards Grack. However, I'm not, I don't know if this counts as an action or not, but on his way past Titus and Burn, he's he's going to press his butt, still exposed butt, <laughs> tattoo up against the invisible wall squidge it in front of them and just shout when are you ever going to learn um and then he carries on off to that doesn't count as an action no no that was a free action yep cool thank you so so now he's going to move off uh he's going to carry on towards grack um nice and simple he's gonna uh flurry of blows on grack uh to hits we have a nat 20 that hits that's actually a critical you roll an extra dice and then at the end of all the extra doubling of so the monkey roll one dice, you can you double the dice on a critical, and then you yep. add the modifier at the end. Cool. That's that. That's that. So they don't. So my second, so I've got the to wait, hits wait, were wait, a 20. How much, how much damage was the uh, the critical? Oh, so, oh well, well, that okay, that was uh, uh, 12, 17. With 17 damage, as your fist, you're about the same height as... A goblin, as your fist collides into this goblin's face, he flies backwards three feet and lands with arms outstretched, oof, on the lawn, and is not standing back up. Was that lethal or non-lethal damage? No, that was non-lethal, non-lethal. My fists are not murderous weapons, they just, they just hurt. Got it. He's just unconscious. And now it is Titus's turn. Titus beats angrily on the bubble. And Spork's turn. Spork is going to roll a death saving throw. The first death saving throw has been rolled. Dr. Crud III, we're back to you. Dr. Crud III is going to walk up to Spork, rip the arrow out of his chest, and perform a little kooky surgery. You may perform surgery to examine a body, noting recent damage and any disease or infections in their system. Recent damage. One arrow. Upon... succeeding a medicine check with DC-15, you may also heal the creature. This is why I'm doing it. Ah, okay. What's your medicine check number? It's going to be a 19 plus 11. Uh, yeah, that passes. Uh, so he gets 21 hit points back. Oh my goodness, he didn't have 21 hit points to, like, (laughs) (laughs) Does he now? That's why I was not worried about hitting him with an arrow. (laughs) Okay, Spork... Opens his eyes and screams and is like, ah, giant elephant. <laughs> Are you done now? Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Go, go. Your friend's knocked out. Go, go with him and just get out of here. But we work here. Not anymore. Go. Uh, intimidation check. Can I have advantage? Because I just did kill him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That would be quite intimidating, to be fair. Yes. <laughs> okay, so that's going to be a intimidation. That's a natural 20 plus one. Gotta love that advantage. Yes. Greg and Spork no longer are employed at, <laughs> at this residence. They are wandering through the woods, like, on their way back to Goblin, wherever they came from. <laughs> Okay. Combat resolved. (laughs) You can officially end your initiative and free act. (laughs) 
Boltzmann will keep up the wall force for the next 10 minutes uh, and thinks that should be enough to deal with this whole situation. Dr. Quarad wipes his head, his bloody hands on the wall in front of <laughs> in front of them and then walks to the door. Fear, Furious Johnson just follows along. <laughs> Furious Johnson is is is, is incredulous and crud. <laughs> the guy the guy who he remembers being an absolute pacifist is now a blood smearing murderer. <laughs> Everybody survived. No, it's true. It's true. It's the it's the the Furious Johnson thoroughly appreciates the dark the dark side as well. So <laughs> it's all very good. Nicely handled, gentlemen, Doctor Crud. Nice uh, work with the blood and the healing and a crossbow. I feel like you didn't do anything wrong there. If you shoot somebody with a crossbow and then immediately patch them up, that's practically the same thing as not shooting them at all. My thoughts exactly. Uh, Boltzmann, I did have a thought just now before we knock on this door. Um, monster attack. We're missing spiders from eggs. Could this be her fault? Oh, I wouldn't <laughs> think so, Dr. Crud. Spiders are hardly monsters, and besides, uh, there are many monster attacks in the world, and an infinite amount, one might say, and any any amount we add to that is insignificant. Well, either way, even if it is, we're getting paid to clean up our mistakes, so. Indeed. Sometimes you've got to uh, manipulate the markets a little bit to make a job for yourself. All right, let's go knock. They knock on the door. A tiny gnome couple greet you. They look even smaller, standing in their tall, ceilinged house. Fire-breathing kittens! How good you're here! There are monsters in the woods outside our home! Please take care of them. We'll pay you well 100,000 gold. What that kind sounds... of monsters, my good sir? Yeah, what he said. The woman, and by the way, everybody do a history check. There are no new characters this adventure. You've Somebody's met them before. 18. 14. 16. Your characters don't know this because it was Aaron, Sitara, and Riffman, Chip Riffman, who met them before. But uh, this is Arndt and Engracia Quennell. If you've met Orin or Satara, Orin's schoolmate is Bruno, their son. Okay, but your characters don't know this. <clears throat> they say, I wish I knew what type of monster it was. All I know is that we had four goblin guards yesterday and only two today. Um, well. Correction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No goblin guards. They quit. They said it was too stressful. They they got out of here. They did lose two of their close friends. That makes sense. You know, we're about goblin size ourselves, the gnomes say to you. So anything that can eat them, we're a bit worried about. Well, I would venture to say that um, these goblin guards you had, uh, the fact that they disappeared might not have anything to do with, with monster attacks. They could have tripped on a rock and fell. They were that easy to get by. I hope so. Boltzmann, quit trying to talk us out of a job. Yeah, that would be nice. I wouldn't have to pay anybody. <laughs> all right, all right. We will we'll go and take care of the problem for you. Now give us all the intel you have. Okay. We had four goblin guards. Then two goblin guards were like, ah, our friends got murdered in front of us in the woods. And now we, well, then we had two and now we have zero goblin guards. Oh, gosh. So it's just Burn and Titus left? 
Oh, we have to hire more guards. Well, no. Burn and Titus are probably fine. You know, the strongest survive. We'll just keep with Burn and Titus going forward. Indeed, a good philosophy for any man, or woman, or gnome, or non-gendered robotic being. All right, we'll go take a look for you, and if there's any monsters out there, we'll get rid of them. Pronto, quick. All right. Oh, thank you so much, fire-breathing kittens. Where did your servants run into these uh, monsters in the woods? In our backyard, they point. It's clearly visible. There's, like, a swimming pool, a lawn, and then a bunch of trees that you could definitely imagine monsters being back there. All right, well... Um, before we take on this job, we will be gone for some 30 minutes, and then uh, we will try and hunt down these monsters, all right? Thank you so much, fire-breathing kittens. Boltzmann nudges Dr. Crud and, and Furious meaningfully, although you might not be able to construe what he says. He's referring to uh, the other address, which offered a reward of 100,000 gold for possibly the same monsters. Furious Xaster asks the gnome couple, um, you wouldn't have to know where Pindar Road is, would you? Yes, it's turn right out of here, and then there's like a a side street to the right. Ignore that and go straight. Cool, thank you very much. We'll, we'll be back momentarily. And we all head off to Pindar Road, I assume. You arrive at 6931 Pindar Road. One, two, three, five, ten, twenty, thirty. 37. You count 37 windows visible in the front of this two-and-a-half-story, sprawling gray mansion. Five chimneys rise from the sloping gray roof. One apparently got smashed by a giant fist, bricks scattered down the roof and in a pile on the lawn. A line of hedges grows as a border between the stone home and the grass lawn, some smushed flat as if stepped on by King Kong. Now... Um, you were saying something about spiders earlier on, chaps. Um, I've never seen a spider that could do anything like that before. This appears to be the work of a giant ape. Can I make a nature check to uh, see if I can discern anything about the attack or any other type of knowledge check? Yes. You choose the skill. I'll tell you some appropriate information to have gained. All right. I will go for Arcana because I do have a plus 16 in that. And I rolled a 16, so that's a total of 32. With a 32 arcana, you know, it is very possible for magic to have made this damage. You also know the properties of the face spider that you, Boltzmann, in particular, are responsible for bringing away from, what was it called, Blemington on the Hill or something like that? Blemington on the Rock. Yeah, yeah. You, in particular have examined these face spiders, and you know all of their magical properties. You know that they blink out of existence. You know that they are way too large. Just way too large. You know that they glow an icy blue color in the dark. And you know that there is no way that, although your spiders are quite large, Boltzmann, they're called Boltzmann spiders in my... (laughs) They're your spiders. (laughs) Although they are quite large... Stepping on the house would not have crushed this chimney, and they don't have any evocation magic that they could have used to, like, squash the bushes and, and crush the chimney. You'd say 100% certainty with the 32. The spiders did not cause this damage. I have published uh, seven papers on Boltzmann spiders, and uh, <laughs> I'm quite certain that they could not do this type of damage. Can I also do a nature check to see what could? Sure. That's a four plus 11 is 15. 
Without singe marks, it probably wasn't an explosion or an evocation magic like a fireball. It probably, because there's no singe marks, was simply, like King Kong, a very large creature. Interesting. A very large creature. Now, a bit of an aside of you. Have either of you ever turned into a uh, a very large creature, like a giant ape? You do realize I am a very large creature. Oh, yes. Well, relatively speaking, Dr. Crud, you are uh, larger than average. Well, why don't we just go knock on the door, mosey up there, see what they have to say, and not and try not to talk ourselves out of getting paid for a job. All right, all right. I'm just saying if either of you would like to mutate to giant size at any point during this day, give me a shout, all right? Oh, I get it now. I, I didn't know you were offering to turn us into something bigger. I always am, Dr. Crud. All right. F- Furious prides himself on being able to take on big things, even even despite his diminutive size. So um, he... He understands what Boltzmann's offering, but he doubts he doubts he's going to take it up, take him up on it, unless something pretty unpleasant happens at some point. So it's good ah, to cheers. A man with principles, I respect that. Furious, plus he's slippery, and I respect brains in jars as well. Thank you. Let's uh, ring the door, shall we? You head off. You are still on like the unpaved road that's at the very end of the driveway. So like you head off of the unpaved road and you start to head down the driveway. And before you can get very far, you notice something that was blocked by a tree. Do you want to buy some cookies? Calls a young child's voice from a folding table turned stand. Before you can even start to head down the driveway, a Sea Scout stand next to the main road is peddling cookies at you. Everybody do a history check. I just listened to this one. (laughs) Oh, that's a one. Boltzmann very fittingly has a 25. And I have a 21. Furious doesn't know anything. Uh, they didn't introduce the children to you, Mr. Creased Up Dwarf, but <laughs> they did. Boltzmann, you have introduced the orphans who sell Sea Scouts cookies to Dr. Crud Third because actually, yeah, that makes sense. They should probably see a doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did a full <laughs> examination of everyone. Yeah, give them some like dewormer pills. They've been eating trash. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> like, the poor orphans. Okay. Anyway, so you both have met Susie, this is the time for the pen, a five-year-old half-elf orphan, Ember, a seven-year-old fire genasi orphan with orange flame hair and fire blue skin, and Oat, a mute and shy five-year-old furbold. She's short with gray hair and dark blue skin. They all live at an orphanage, the Cookie Orphanage, and they sell these cookies to raise money. Boltzmann has taught them quite a lot about business. So when they see you, they all, their eyes light up and they abandon their stand and they run forward and they like three at once give you like a giant group child hug. (laughs) You can't walk very far because like your mechanical legs are covered in child hugs. (laughs) Mechanical wheels. Mechanical Ah, wheels. (laughs) Orphans. It's it's good to see you. You look so much healthier than last time. Susie, I, I like the monocle. It really fits your style. How's the business doing? <laughs> so well. And Miss Somerset, which you met Miss Somerset last time. She was the theater manager. Is super nice to us. She makes us warm food and lets us pick out new clothes. And we can even explore her library when we visit her. 
So you know that they stay at the orphanage and they're here visiting Miss Somerset, the theater manager. Ah, uh, Miss Somerset lives here. How uh, interesting. She uh, must be doing very well, judging by the rewards you set out for us fire-breathing kittens. And, and you three do as well. I see you're all wearing tailored suits now. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice here. You haven't seen any monsters around, have you? It was so scary. Oh, you have? But Miss Somerset says, Don't worry, the guards got the monster. It's all safe now here, so we're selling cookies to raise money for people who have been hurt by monsters. Very well. The guards have gotten the monsters. Oh, let's not let ourselves be dissuaded by that. It's uh, very nice that you do not let your riches get to your head and still, still sell cookies for charity, despite not needing to. What people have been hurt by monsters in the city? Susie, the half-elf, is still the only one talking, and she says, I'm five years old. I don't know much about charities and, and taxes, but I think we can help, don't you? Can we sell cookies to help? Susie, let me tell you, you know more about all of this than most people. So don't ever sell yourself short again, all right? You are a business expert if I've ever seen one. Ah, Susie's so happy she gives you another hug. Boltzmann hugs her back despite being a cold, uh, robotic, fluid-filled body. Aren't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Very true. Well, children... We must head uh, to uh, the mansion of Miss Somerset now to see why this job was posted, if there are apparently no monsters anymore. And uh, he gives him one last hug and then uh, uh, says, I'll see you in a bit, and rolls toward the front door. And before you leave, do an insight check, Boltzmann. That's an 11 minus 1. Although Oat, the Firbolg, was always very shy, you remember Ember, the fire genasi, talking more the last time you met her. Boltzmann realizing this, only just realizing this as he turned away since he rolled a ten, and says, uh, Ember, is something the matter? She nods. Tell me, orphan, what's wrong? She shakes her head. Oh, I know, I know what's going on. You got all this money, but you couldn't retrieve the body of your parents, so you're still an orphan. It happens to the best of us, Ember. Most people are orphans at some point or other during their lives. She nods, and then she shakes her head. (laughs) Wait, that is not the problem? What's going on? She nods, and then she shakes her head, and uh, it, it does look like you can't force her to talk to you, but you can tell that something's wrong. Boltzmann, uh, well aware of magical shenanigans, runs a hand through her, puts a hand like on her shoulder just to make sure she's not an illusion. She's not. Hmm. Well, you know that you can always talk to me or any other fire-breathing kitten if there is a problem. Especially if it can be solved with violence. Oh. (laughs) She nods, and this time she doesn't shake her head. You know my office hours. Ah, she gives both of you a big hug. She's still not talking. To the door, gentlemen. We're at the door. Okay. You knock on the door. A group of people approach the door. Do you all have a pen? This is going to take a while. (laughs) Oh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. There's a white-haired human woman. 
A half-orc man with beautiful long straight black hair. A male goliath, but with sandy, sandy-colored skin as opposed to rocky. A black dragonborn. A porcu person. Cute. A leonid man with a big mane. And lastly, a war-forged sentient robot in a wheelchair. Everybody do a history check. Four. Fourteen. Ten. <laughs> the four and the one. You're killing me over there, Furious. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm useless at this. <laughs> Your character does not recognize Crystal LeBlanc, the white-haired woman, sister of Punnett. Uh, she is not on good terms with Punnett because Punnett let her sister die in a theater accident. Nor do they recognize Ayaz Okazaki. They're a half-orc with beautiful long black hair who worked for Lily Reed. Um, there's not always work, so it makes sense that he, he like, witness protections people, but with no questions asked. So he'll witness protection anybody. Uh, and he has met Beans and Dr. Crud Third in But Tell Us About the Giant Worm. You also don't recognize the Goliath, Doobie Calamario. In the summer, he runs a fried squid shack on Skeleton Beach. And here's the two that you've met, Furious. Vaclav Kampush and Shantae Ne O'Brien Kampush, the black dragonborn who used to be a four or five foot tall standing vase for 15 years. Furious ah. had a hand in saving Vaclav and his wife Shantae, who was a cat, and she was about to age out of being a cat as a 15-year-old cat, so it's really good that you saved her, because now she's back to being a porky person. Their relationship is especially cute, because she's a porky person and he has really hard scales, so they can hug. Aww. And then there's DJ Levente Darag, a Leonid lion person with a mane who met Dr. Crud III in Masquerade Madness. He's a DJ, but you know that doesn't pay super great, so now he's a guard too. And lastly, Xavier Tinman, a wheelchair-bound sentient robot. Uh, he used to do the test of strength on Skeleton Beach, but someone, <clears throat> Olive, mysteriously paid for his freedom after he was brutally injured by Aaron. After Aaron appeared as a compactor, inspiring fear, an injury that didn't guilt Aaron in the slightest. So, there's the cast of guards that opened the door to you. Is a bunch of people. Uh, yeah. And does anybody have a tattoo of the fire-breathing kittens visible? Yes, it is right on Dr. Crud's nose. Right there. Face forward. Front and center. Furious's is uh, covered by pants and Boltzmann. <laughs> yeah, no, I pulled my trousers up. Yeah, for... <laughs> Boltzmann is not wearing any clothing, so his tattoo is clear as day on his lower body. Oh, man. Stamped into the metal, right? Uh, right. A little bit to the side. Okay. Then, seeing the tattoo of the fire-breathing kitten, the war-forged sentient robot in the wheelchair looks at the tattoo and stops coming closer. His metallic face has subdued emotional expression but his strong arms grip the wheels tightly and rapidly without saying anything to you upon seeing your tattoo. He rotates the wheelchair around, fleeing back into the manor house. We're getting this a lot. Well, that was weird. Hello, everybody. The human woman with the white hair introduces herself. I'm Crystal. She looks fondly at the half-orc man with long black hair and says, We don't need you fire-breathing kittens. I as, and she like, you know... She likes him. Sealed the monster like it was nothing. Can you believe it? What was the monster? Where? Tell me the story. I want to hear it. Let me see if Ayaz recognizes you, Dr. Crow Third, and roll a persuasion check. Uh, let's see. Persuasion. 
Oh, okay. That is going to be, I thought it was going to be lower. It's going to be 16. That's pretty high. He recognizes you. All in a day's work, he says to Crystal, modestly. Oh, Dr. Crud Third. It's been a while since I've seen you. Why don't you come on in for tea? We'll tell you the whole story. He recognizes you. Yeah, Dr. Crud hugs him. Aw, yeah, you know him. He's your friendly neighborhood witness protection person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we right. had that, that tussle. Yeah, briefly. You guys got over yeah. it. There was oh, a bit yeah. of a misunderstanding when they first met. Yep, but it's all good now. It is all good now. Okay, so you guys head on into the house, and they take you to a tea room. Everybody has tea, and Somerset Sunset is there. What do y'all chat about? They tell you the story. Big monster attacked. Ayaz sealed it. Uh, you know, the seal is like um, kind of like a ceramic plate. As long as that seal doesn't break, monster, gone. Out of this dimension. Bam. No more giant whatever. What kind of monster was it? It was a giant worm. <laughs> the look on Dr. Crud the Third's face. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Bane's nonsense. needs to be here. Don't tell him. He'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard tales of uh, giant worms, and I can, I can ascertain with the utmost certainty that none of them are true. Giant months, giant worms are a myth. <laughs> Was this giant worm in the forest back yonder? Yes, it came out of the forest. All right. Well then, it sounds like you've already completed the job. Well, congratulations. Furious, what are you doing as they have tea? <laughs> I'm, I'm sipping my tea. I'm thinking about the cookies. I'm thinking the tea would tea, tea would wash down those cookies that those Sea Scout girls were selling outside. And I'm, I'm almost thinking actually about going and going, going buy some. Oh yeah, Somerset definitely has bought some. Like she's casually very wealthy, and there are little orphans selling cookies. She's just she has so many of these boxes in her home. <laughs> this is this is why those Sea Scout girls are doing well because this one lady is buying up all the cookies. So, so Furious is is just sitting there listening, listening along to the story. He doesn't know any of these people. He's he's in his little world of blissful ignorance, having a having a lovely, lovely time, and a nice little afternoon high tea. He doesn't think he knows any of these people. He doesn't think he knows any of these people. I mean, to be fair, I don't think he ever did see the black dragonborn or the porky person in their non non vase and pussycat state. <laughs> So he, 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 there's no reason why he'd think he'd he'd recognise them, um, it, it, but 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 Furious is a little bit concerned that we might have lost out on a hundred thousand pounds worth of or gold pieces uh, from this job. So he's listening attentively and waiting to see if there's any uh, there's any holes or gaps in the in the stories that the guards are telling us. Mm. Boltzmann takes a cookie and a little. Uh, Lid springs open on his body, and you see a set of spider mandibles just going, and he inserts it in there, and the cookie is devoured, and he closes the lid again. It's like an Oreo dunked in milk. You gotta wait for it to get all soggy before you can eat it as a spider. <laughs> it's just, uh, <laughs> it's just his his uh, new spider mouth. <laughs> Furious just gives gives Boltzmann a little sideways glance while he's sipping his tea over the top of his teacup as he's as he's sipping it, and he just thinks, "No, you just 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 don't ask. Just just sit forward, listen to the story. This is Boltzmann. It's fine. It's fine." Yeah, you're you're listening to a story. You're eating some cookies. You know that these are the same cookies served by Somerset in her theater. You know this is good folk here. 
Everyone's complimenting one another. Somerset says, Yes, thank you, Ayaz, for taking care of it. Great job. You've been so helpful. And y'all just having a good time. So where's the seal? Ayaz says, I put it out in the hallway. It's on display in the main hall. It looks kind of like a plate, but with a picture of a giant worm on it. Yeah, why the hell would you put something that dangerous out where anybody could just knock it over and break it? Exactly. Why don't you shunt it into another dimension? Like a sane <laughs> person would do. Oh, but I wouldn't break it, and I think everyone here is good people. I mean, he looks at Crystal and he's like, really good people. Yeah, until you guys have a party later in celebration, get drunk, and then bump it right off the table. At least seal it in a, in a block of weaponized glass. Hmm. You're making great points right now. And he stands up and he heads out to the hall. And as he reaches for the door... <laughs> oh, crap. You hear a loud roar and children screams. What is going on outside, players? <laughs> <laughs> I think we can all guess. Guess what, Furious? We're going to get paid again. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Furious is a happy, a happy dwarf. Furious jumps up and runs outside. No, the orphans! Dr. Crud claps his friend on the shoulder. Well, let's just say we've learned something today, right? Yep. Oops, says the beautiful, long, black, straight-haired half-orc. My bad. And joining us today were <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Crud the Third. Well, that happened. <laughs> Boltzmann. I've got to rescue my orphans from a giant worm. I thought they were myths. I was so sure of myself. I've been proven wrong. <laughs> and furious. Uh, I can't wait to take on this worm. I've heard so many stories about them. Now it's my turn to have some fun. See you in part two. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love. So go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notepad with the fire-breathing kitten logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. Welcome back to Fire Breathing Kittens, a 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Everybody roll a d20. Oh, and uh, we're, we're joined again by Furious. 
Uh, hey. Boltzmann. Orphans! And Dr. Crow the Third. Let's go kill this worm. I'm going to make beans proud. <laughs> okay, I've got a number here. What number do you guys have for your d20? 18 for me. 8. 17 for Boltzmann. Furious is the closest. Furious, why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened last time on Fire Breathing Kittens? Right. Last time on Fire Breathing Kittens, we uh, started off in the guild house. Um, we had a couple of uh, notices posted up on the board by Nudasag, our guildmaster, um, and they were both offering 100,000 gold pieces for the um, removal of, uh, or the, the dealing of, a, a couple of monster attacks that happened in a, in a nearby rich neighbourhood called the Elysian Fields. So, uh, being the monster hunting triplet that we are, myself, Boltzmann, and Dr. Crud III, uh, set off to uh, find Elysian Fields and find out what's going on with these monster attacks. We've had a nice little run, run, run back of some of some of the uh, historical encounters um, of, of some of the squad, to a, a mixed degree of recognition amongst the three of us. Um, we've checked out two, five, three, eight uh, Blomkamp uh, uh, Road. Um, definitely something going on there. There was some 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 action in a forest in a rather large set of grounds and behind this big mansion. So we haven't dealt with that yet, but we've popped off to the other location which was 6931 Pindar Road, um where we found a pretty large group of guards who seemed to have subdued uh, a uh, a monster. Uh, it turns out it was a giant worm. They had it sealed, um but like absolute idiots, they left the seal on display in the hallway. Um, you know, it's a nice fragile ceramic seal. And I couldn't put my finger on the reference to that ceramic seal. That image of the ceramic seal is very clear in my mind from something. I, I can't put it what it is. I'll work it out before the end of the session. Um, but we, uh, yeah, so now basically, because of these this idiotic placement of the seal, somehow it seems to have just smashed. We've heard a, a massive roar and a disturbance outside. There's three little orphans that Boltzmann has... Uh, has seems to have educated and has to you know to be masters in economics. Um, we're worried about how they're going to do, so we're just about to go outside and try and find out what the hell is going on. Indeed, you all run outside, and there, on the lawn, is a huge like we're talking huge. There's size classes in D and D. This is bigger than the biggest one of them. <laughs> huge, giant worm. Gargantuan. Gargantuan worm. It looks like, um, okay, so like, you know how a fruit fly and a banana are size proportional? <laughs> right, okay, yep, yep. I had to get those two images in my head, but yes, that makes sense. You're the fruit fly. <laughs> Furious is like literally busting at the seams at this point, because as we've mentioned earlier, the only thing, the thing he likes the best possibly in the world is fighting things that are significantly bigger than him. The bigger, the better, and the more exciting he finds it. And this is about as big and as, as an exciting it can get. So like literally his muscles are quivering with, with, with the urge to um, just go and headbutt the worm. I mean, does a worm have a head as such? I don't know. <laughs> it has a gaping it, hole with lines and lines of teeth. Everybody roll initiative. Does Furious get a little bit more oily at the, the sight of the worm? <laughs> this is now a sort of an an an, a, a, an oil 
stroke sweat combination that he's now coming <laughs> in. <laughs> Sweating and excitement, and it's mixing with the oil, and it, and it, it only adds to the lubrification of, of, of his person, for sure. Dr. Crud got a 17. Uh, I rolled a 10. Boltzmann is a 14. The order is Crud, then Boltzmann, then Furious. Okay. As you rush outside onto the lawn and you see the orphans dashing for cover, um, you are alone. The other guards have not yet run out. You're obviously faster than them. And um, they are... You heard behind you one of them say, To the safe room with Sunset, which is probably smart. Don't come out here with us. Um, (laughs) But you doubt how safe any room could be against this thing as it rears up, blocking out the sun and shrieks. All creatures within a 60-foot cone, which you are officially, writing this down, you are 60 feet from the giant worm that can hear the giant worm must succeed on a wisdom saving throw. Please make a wisdom saving throw. That's a good thing. I'm wise. 28. Six. That's a natural 19. Furious is the only one who fails. You are so excited to see this worm, so excited that you become <laughs> frightened. A frightened creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls, which means you roll a d20 twice and take the lower number, while the source of your fear is within the line of your sight. You also cannot willingly move closer to the source of your fear. This lasts for one minute, which is ten of your rounds, if you want to do keep tallied marks. And at... Uh, the end of each of your turns, you can try again to overcome your fear. You end the effect if you roll a 19 or higher for your wisdom saving throw. And it naturally wears off after 10 rounds if you don't. So, gotcha. In the meantime, everybody, please pre-roll your to hit and damage so that when we come to your turn, you have those numbers ready. Okay? And as its turn ends, Dr. Crud Third, you're up first. Right. You're 60 feet away, and it just shrieked a giant worm squeak. You've never heard anything like this in your life. Yes. What does a worm say? Shriek. (laughs) 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 Now we have heard it. Okay. (laughs) That is what Beans hears in his nightmares. (laughs) Oh, man. is that why people draw him as he sleeps by the fire? Because he's like running away in his fear and they, they think it's funny? Yeah. They just see a kitty cat dreaming. Aww. He does that thing where his feet kick. Yeah. <laughs> and his ears twitch. Uh, so I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to see how this works. I am going to use biological weakness. So I have gained the ability to recognize biological, biological weakness in my target. I can impart this information to my allies in the mists of battle. So as an action, I could target a creature within 30 feet of you. So I am closing within 30 feet. The first attack spell or attack or spell against that creature from allies who can hear me, which is, y'all can hear me, right? <laughs> Their eardrums yes, are gone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> could deal an additional 1d12 damage until the end of its turn. Biological weakness does not work on creatures with a construct or undead creature type. And I can use this skill twice per long rest. So I'm going to mark off one, and I'm going to use that. So you guys get a 1d12 to your damage when you attack and hit it. Both of us? Yeah. 
you got you both could hear me. You both just confirmed it. Is that every time a monk hits? It just says as an action you could target a creature that the first attack or spell. So no, just once. Just the first time he hits. <laughs> okay. That's a, probably a good thing. Yeah, that would be I think that would be a bit overpowering if it was every attack. Yeah, wow. And <laughs> you guys have noted that? Noted. Plus one D twelve. Nice. Wow, great turn, Dr. Crud. Are you doing anything else? Uh, I close within 30 feet so I could study this thing, scream, and get his biological weakness. So, hey, guys, it looks like there's a little pinprick, pinprick right there. You just got to poke it right there, and it'll go ouchies. So there's a game called Final Fantasy X, and in it you can do the scan spell I think might have been eight. Dude, don't quote me. There's a lot of those games. I don't remember. I think it was 10 and it had a really nice scan. I used to just like abuse the scan and it would tell me what it was immune to. <laughs> so I'm going to pretend that what you just did tells you what it's immune to. Okay. You now know that this giant worm is immune to poison, bludgeoning, piercing and slashing from non-magical weapons. It is immune to being blinded, charmed, exhausted, frightened or poisoned. I impart that information to my buddies. All right, guys, I can't do anything against this. So after my next turn, I'm going to back up. And it's resistant to cold, fire, and lightning, which means it takes half damage from those. So completely immune from bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical weapons. Completely immune to poison damage. Can't be blinded, charmed, exhausted, frightened, or poisoned. And takes half damage from cold, fire, and lightning. I hope y'all are magical because I have nothing. So I mean I I get I get my key empowered strikes which count as magical for the purpose of overcoming yes. resistance and immunity. Yes. So I believe I can still pound him. Absolutely. With my bodily bits. Um the how does that equate to the cuz but it is still bludgeoning damage, isn't it? Your fists are magical, so they do full damage to this giant worm. It would be magical bludgeoning damage. Magical bludgeoning, good. After Dr. Crud III, Boltzmann, you're up. Boltzmann is unfazed, and uh, in the face of these orphans running from cover, Boltzmann rolls forward, taking a combat stance. He starts his blade song, going, ha ha! <laughs> and uh, moves forward 40 feet. Uh, actually, he's going to move forward 30 feet, and uh, his steel defender, Mr. Langley, and the uh, the displacer beast flank him on either si- um, uh, flank him on either side, and he pulls up next to Doctor Crud. And Boltzmann is going to cast a spell called Summon Aberration at sixth level, which uh, uh, folds reality in on itself and calls into being a a creature that uh, definitely should not exist next to this giant worm. It's uh, it's a star spawn. And it looks like uh, a two two meter tall cricket legs with an upside down fish head in between, and there's a long tongue coming out, and the tongue starts starts licking this worm, who even though they might be mindless, is taking psychic damage from this, which should bypass its resistances. This unspeakable horror is standing there, and Boltzmann says, uh, "Now don't stand next to that thing because it uh, it whispers." Uh, secrets from your childhood that you'd forgotten already, but they're very traumatic. And um, <laughs> the the aberration is going to attack three times. 
I don't know whether I get the, the bonus from Dr. Crowd on this, but uh, it's a 31, a 21, and a 22 for attack rolls. All of those hit. And yes, you okay. do get the 1d12 on one, one of your hits. Because I'm technically not making uh, an attack the, the aberration is. You can consume it to use it for the aberration if you would like. That's okay. Okay. That's uh, 15 damage, 10 damage, and 14 damage. Plus 9 for Dr. Crud is a total of 48. And it may make a wisdom save for the Whispering Aura. DC 21. Ooh, got a 20 on that wisdom save. Ooh. Boltzmann's saves have gotten incredibly high since he loaded up on magical gear. So a 20 does not pass. So that's another 8 damage. It's not very spectacular, but it does up the total to 56. And what does that look like? Uh, This uh, aberrant creature starts slivering up this giant worm. And you can just tell that this giant worm does not know a lot about the world. It doesn't perceive a lot. But it knows that this is the worst thing it's ever seen <laughs> on oh, no. like an existential level. As far as worms can experience existential dread, um, it's, it's, uh, it looks exa- exasperated. It realizes that it too one day will die. <laughs> Indeed. Oh gosh, you've enlightened the worm. This is all uh, psychic damage, by the way. <laughs> oh gosh, the worm's not liking that. You know, it's very strong. And it's very physically large, and it's lived a long time. But it rears its head and screams again. Uh, no mechanical consequence occurs from that. But just the, like, it's having shower thoughts, and it's not in the shower. It doesn't know what to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it takes that damage, and it, it looks horrified at its new realization. Okay. Wow. Is that the end of your turn? Oh, Miss Motoko might yes. also go on your turn. And Doc- Mr. Langley? The worm is 50 feet away, so they yeah. can't reach him and they will stay next to me. Got it. All right. Well, then next up, after Boltzmann, it's Furious. Right. You are 60 feet away from a giant worm. 60 feet? Yes. Ooh. Oh, I'm going to have to dash, aren't I? Okay. So, first question. Uh... Because I have the benefit of a little thing called stillness of mind, which means I can get rid of uh, either a frightened or a charmed effect that is placed on me. So I'm definitely, I could use that. Oh, it doesn't cost me anything either, does it? That's not a key point. That's just stillness of mind. So I apply stillness of mind and that is my action, but I am no longer frightened. What does it look like as you do that? Um, so after having been this kind of muscular twitching mess of nerves that couldn't wait to attack this this worm and that kind of clearly just popped a fuse in in Furious Johnson's brain to the point when he then all of a sudden was too frightened to be able to actually move or do anything or address it you've been waiting for this for so long and the day has finally come it was just too much to to to, for for his for his poor little dwarven brain to comprehend and 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 it popped a clog but Thanks to his years and years of years of training out in the forest in the in the temple of Michaela, um, he, he, he 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 kind of pulls himself together for a moment. He shuts his eyes. He gives one deep inhale of breath, and then his, the stillness overcomes him. And all of a sudden, he is at peace. He is at calm. He is one with himself, and he is ready to whoop some absolute worm tail. 
so his follow-up moves to that are going to be um, the... Where was it? I just saw it. Uh, uh, oh, okay. So I can only take one bonus action, can't I? So my bonus action is Step of the Wind. I'm going to use one key point, and I'm just going to launch myself the 60 feet across to that worm. I won't be able to do anything when I get there on this turn, but I'm going to get there, and I'm going to be ready to kick off next time. You land on the ground next to the worm, ready to attack it next turn. All right, I'm going to write down that you are zero feet away from the worm. Noted. At the end of your turn, Furious, it's the worm's turn. Furious is getting eaten. Furious is getting eaten. (laughs) (laughs) The giant worm, having screamed up to the heavens its fear of dying, looks down at the earth at these, I mean, if not worms, you know, what are you to it? You are the worms to it. At these worms that Mm. dared to mess with its mind. And it is going to bite in an attempt to swallow Furious. I should note that this aberration is also a physical presence, so it's standing next to the uh, worm as well. Oh, it'll try to eat that too. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so first, Furious, does an 18 hit you? Uh, an 18 does hit me. Take 22 piercing damage, and please make a dexterity saving throw. Where's my dexterity? 23. Oh, it was DC 24. You are swallowed by the giant worm. <laughs> what? What? Oh my god. A swallowed creature is blind and restrained. A DC 24? I didn't even know that was a thing. This is a giant worm. Wow. <laughs> well, okay. At the start of each of the giant worm's turns, remind me because you're going to take damage for being inside of the giant worm. Um, and I'm just going to let you all know, Furious just got eight. On a single field save? Wow. That is a giant worm. <laughs> Everyone was like, where's the giant worm? Where's the giant worm? I want to fight the giant worm. The giant worm is statted for level 20 people, my friend. <laughs> uh, I have nerfed it a bit so that you can fight it now at level 13, but y'all might die. We'll handle it. All right, next up. It makes two crush attacks against your aberration. Does a oh, 17 hit? And this, this misses. That was a natural one. And does a... Oh, there we go. Does a 33 hit? Yes, it does. The AC <laughs> is 17. Okay, thanks. That helps. The first one, having missed, does no damage. But the second one, the worm simply slides over a bit to the left to do a crushing attack. And it does 20 bludgeoning damage. A target creature is also pinned between the worm and the ground, which results in the effect of grappling and restraining. You can make on your turn an attempt to escape this grapple and restraint as you try to like pull yourself out from between the worm and the ground. And I'll let you know uh, if you pass on your turn. Okay, so there was the two. It gets one bite, two crushes, and one stinger attack. Okay, so Boltzmann, you are 30 feet away. Furious, you are swallowed. <laughs> and then... Um, I don't know the name of your star spawn. You are currently pinned between the worm and the ground. So there is no one for it to sting. And it moves forward to Boltzmann. You should be and- glad you don't know its name because it will drive you insane. Oh, the star spawn's name. Yeah, shouldn't know the name of that. All right. Um, so the worm inches or tunnels or burrows forward. And it has a movement speed of 50 feet. So it can definitely reach both crud and boltzmann who i'm going to change your distance you're zero feet away now from it 
as it prepares to swallow you too next turn. Is it dragging my star spawn? It's a worm, so it kind of just like moved over. It's like inching. It's like its exterior is compressing and contracting and and releasing, and it's yeah. like yeah, and it's it's. But my star yeah. spawn is still next to yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, it's quite long. Yep. It's uh, been dragged along on the ground a bit as it moved forward, but it's still under. Yeah. Dr. Crud the Third, you are zero feet away from a giant worm. Furious has been swallowed, and the star spawn is pinned under it, being crushed. What do you do? Well, he at first was going to back the hell up, but now that uh, I, that's going to hurt if he does, um, was blinded one of the conditions he was immune to? Yes. Dread. Uh... It's a worm, so it actually doesn't use its eyeballs very much at all. It has tremor sense as well. That's that's why it's able to evade blindness. In the ground, ain't no light. Mm-hmm. Senses tremors like a bat, like a dolphin, like a worm. Well, you see, here's the thing. Dr. Crud has no magic. Dr. Crud can't do anything to hurt this thing. Dr. Crud is purely a support character in this. If Dr. Crud backs up, he's going to get knocked the F out. So Dr. Crud is going to climb up onto its back. Okay. (laughs) I should tell you that Miss Motoko, Mr. Langley, Boltzmann, and the Starspawn are all able to be healed by you. Yes. So as a support character, being on the... yeah. I, I should disengage. I forgot I could well, do that. Well, I'm just saying, like, um, you are not useless. You should not feel. Oh gosh. Oh no, no, no! I'm not feel useless. Don't feel useless. What yeah. I want to, what I, you see, I also have my auto dock that's orbiting, so I can still heal without having to actually be physically there with them. Okay. So yeah, I was just kind of thinking you're of able mounting. To contribute to this. Yeah. You're oh just... no, I am. Okay. I, I was trying to. I was thinking of trying to mount this thing. That way, next to next turn, I can try to rip open its mouth to get uh, furious out. So yeah, I'm still going to do that. All right. Dr. Crud Third uses his movement to climb on top of the giant worm. Let's get a athletics check to see if you can pull yourself up onto its rough hide. Can I do like flips and stuff to make it acrobatics? No. Climbing is athletics, I think, <laughs> in D&D. And no, I was Parkour describing is not to a me, thing, apparently. I was... I was Describing to the audience of what is going on with Dr. Crud. I'm not saying he was useless. Ah, okay. Yeah. No, don't never feel useless. You're level 13. You're so strong. That's going to be a dirty 20. Yeah. You pull yourself up on this giant worm because you are a strong elephant man who has been to the gym recently. Yes. Very. He's been doing it. Uh, So if that could be my movement, can I try to rip open these things' jaws to get uh, furious out? Mechanically, it is immune to non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. No. And not doing damage. It's This is a, uh, it's like, uh, would be like, uh, grappling. You can't grapple anything larger than you, and, uh, mechanically, that's also a negativo. I will say there is a way that you can get, so I'll, I'll just tell you this, because I'm not a mean DM, I'm just, I do have a rule sheet in front of me, um, <laughs> If the giant worm takes 50 damage or more in a single turn from a creature it has swallowed, uh, it must succeed on a constitution saving throw or regurgitate all swallowed creatures. So maybe you can communicate to Furious, grab its uvula. What's that called? <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you, that's right, uvula. Yeah. 
the little ah thing at the back of your throat. So I'll say that maybe like you did a medicine check and you know that. So you communicate that to Furious or Tell something. Tell you what, I'll use my turn to make a medicine check so I can get that information legally. There you go. So <laughs> my medicine check is 16 plus 11. So that's way 27. Yeah, you know about uvulas and giant worms. And, and let's say that you're so close because you're on the height of it. You know, you climbed on top of it that you shout that through the flesh of the giant worm and furious, you hear it. I, I'm about to, if, you, if you'll allow me. Oh, gosh, here it goes. Hey, furious, can you hear me? <laughs> All right, that, that dangly thing in the back of the throat. I want you to just use that as a punching bag. You speed bag the heck out of that. <laughs> Okay. And remember your 1d12. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Nice. That is an excellent turn. <laughs> and don't worry, there'll be plenty of damaged people next turn for you to... Yeah. Oh, actually, the star spawn had taken 20 bludgeoning damage. Uh, you could have healed the unspeakable monstrosity from beyond reality and time. It, my uh, my my uh, auto duck is a bonus action, so if I could mm-hmm. heal it, um, I have ten quick <laughs> patches. So yeah, he'll, my my auto duck will, will doc will go over there and, and hit it. Do do, do do you want it healed? Yes. Okay. Uh, so he gets twenty four HPs back. <laughs> the fish head now has some plasters on it. Yeah, we'll mark off. A quick patch. And it is Boltzmann's turn. Boltzmann, just to remind you, Mr. Langley, Miss Matoko, Starspawn, and you all go right now. Yes. Uh, And most of them roll terribly. Starting off with uh, Boltzmann is trying to uh, attack this thing uh, with his harpoon point blank twice, which is a javelin. So it functions as both a uh, melee weapon and a... Uh, ranged weapon, but he rolled a natural one on the first one and uh, a 21 on the second attack. The 21 hits to let everybody know the giant worm's armor class is 21 from natural giant worm armor. Yikes. <laughs> All my players okay. looked real unhappy when I said that. <laughs> oh, it doesn't affect me whatsoever. I can't hit it anyway. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, I don't, it don't matter me. And uh, the star spawn has disadvantage, right? Oh, that's right. You are currently being crushed. You are crushed and restrained. Uh, let's see. Until giant worm moves. Yeah, wait. Okay. You're not... Mm, yep. You are no longer crushed or restrained. I was making that up earlier and I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. So you're no longer crushed or re- grappled or restrained. Correction. So it should have gotten an opportunity attack. Uh, make so, right? that opportunity attack now. Yeah, I was wrong. Hey, man. This is that's a three-page his- monster stat sheet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Bolson is getting complicated as well. Um, he did uh, 13 damage with his uh, harpoon, not with the booming blade cantrip, but just a regular attack. So it's 13 damage. Um, so the aberration rolled a 26, a 20, and a 19. So only the 26 hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the opportunity attack was a... Uh, ooh. 31, so I'm going to take the second uh, damage roll there. Uh, so that's 13 for the first damage and 11 for the second one. So that's 37 so far. Mr. Langley also rolled a natural one. 
Oh my goodness. Okay, wait. So it was uh, 13 for Boltzmann's harpoon, which is sticking out of it like a tiny pin in a pin cushion. 11 for the star spawn doing what? For the opportunity attack. Yeah, what does that look like? Oh, uh, the star spawn is uh, continuing to um, to uh, hold on to this thing like it knows it intimately. And uh, uh, the fish uh, tongue is uh, licking its ear and uh, it's whispering unknowns, <laughs> meaning it can make a, a, a wisdom saving throw, by the way. Got it. Oh, man. Okay, so I have 13 and 11 for the damage for your turn so far. Is there more? Yes, there's another 13 okay. for the uh, one. The aberration's got three attacks. One of them hits. This is complicated math, but I have oh, a yeah, spreadsheet. Yeah. I've, got a, I've got a calculator. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. So we have 13, the javelin sticking out of the worm, 11 and 13, ear licking. And <laughs> then any other damage? So it's, uh, it's 24 for the aberration and 13 for Boltzmann. So that's 37 in total. And then the wisdom saving throw uh, will do another 12 damage if, if uh, it doesn't make a 21. 18. It fails to make a 21. So it did how many additional damage? 12 additional damage, so that's a total of 49 damage for this turn. Oh, yeah. Because wow. uh, Mrs. Matoko uh, rolled an 18 and a 14. Oh, the displacer beast pops out of existence and pops back in. You're like, you're not sure where this cat is. It's displacing itself across space and uh, slashes at the worm and misses. <laughs> okay. Dang, that is a good turn. So just so that you guys know, Boltzmann's really bringing it to this battle. Yeah, but you're still one point shy of getting furious, puked up. <laughs> it was, that, it was a good from the inside. <laughs> oh, hey, it had to be from the inside? I guess um, I forgot according that. According to these stats, it does. On the, I'm looking at three pages of ah. the <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, but yes, I Boltzmann would... is a powerhouse for sure. He is a magical item. <laughs> <laughs> ah. And your turn is over so furious. You are inside a giant worm. It is damp. You can't breathe, and everything is pressing pressing on you from like all directions. It's kind of like have you ever felt a weighted blanket? Um, no, <laughs> but I can imagine. Oh, okay. Well, imagine a really wet weighted blanket. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's that sounds unpleasant. <laughs> that's the only way I can describe it. Um, okay, so I can I can move a bit. You can move enough to pull your fist back. Good. And kick around. It's like the worst swimming pool ever. Yeah, it's like it's like a swimming pool full of custard kind of thing, I imagine. Um, and bones. Okay, so just one question. Things. In terms of yeah, in terms of yeah, yeah, sort of spongy <laughs> custard. Um, it, in terms of my key point expenditure, is there a limit to how many? Because I only get one bonus action, but it's not quite clear to me on the rules if it's one key. If I spend a key point and it, that equates to a bonus action. Or if I only get to spend one key point per turn. Each thing that you're spending a key point on will tell you if it costs an action, a bonus action, or nothing to activate. And if you do expend that bonus action, then that's the only bonus action you have for that round. Yeah, so they each say you can spend one key point, and as an example, to take the dodge action as a bonus action on your turn. So that's only one bonus action, so I can only choose one of these actions per go. I can't spend three key points and do three different things, can I? Not on the same turn, because you only have one bonus action no. to expend. That is a great shame. 
So um, we are going to go for the classic Monk Flurry of Blows on this thing's um, ovula, ovula, whatever it's called. Um, And I am doing a 22 to hit. And it's armor class is 21, so everything 21 and over hits. That hits. Cool. Good. So so we have one, one hit. That's nice. That one was an eight to hit, so we'll forget about that one. Uh, this one is a nat 20. Nice. You do twice as many dice rolls and add your modifier at the end. Yep. Is a 13 there. And then the, uh, so it's an 18, nat 20, a four, and a 30, a 17, but that doesn't hit either. And my first attack has the nine on it, so I'm doing uh, 21 on my first attack that hits... And 13 on my second attack that hits. So a total of 34. All right, not quite 50 damage. So you aren't spit out. Not enough to get regurgitated. Not enough to get regurgitated. That means that uh, you are going to take damage on its next turn, which it is because you are inside of it. Did you get your Mm. extra d12? Yes, I did. Okay. That was included. I rolled a nine on that, which I was pretty pleased with, but... That's in the that's in the thirty four. What type of damage am I taking off this thing? Please take sixteen necrotic damage. Necrotic. That sounds nasty. Okay. And in the future, you are actually restrained and blinded. Okay. And if you want to that's... look up restrained and blinded, that'll affect your to hit. And yeah, I think I will have a quick restrained. Check. Is that you can't make? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. That you can't make attacks. No, restrained is you make attacks at disadvantage, and blinded ah. is as well, so that's the effect for you right now. Got it. Okay, so yeah, you are disadvantaged on your to hits for next turn, so go ahead and pre-roll those to before hits. we get to you. Okay, yeah. well, that's not looking good for Furious. <laughs> After Furious, the worm's turn starts, and now it is at a distance of zero feet for everybody, so it can hit anybody it wants because it is a very large worm. It doesn't have to move, too, which means if it crushes someone, it's going to keep crushing you. Okay, so speaking of, let's first bite and swallow somebody. Dr. Crud III, you're on its back. It doesn't try to bite and swallow you. That's why I'm there. (laughs) That's smart. (laughs) Boltzmann. (laughs) I'm going to roll a dice. You have Miss Matoko, Mr. Langley, a star spawn, and yourself. So I'll roll a d4. It is a three. So the star spawn is bitten by a 32 to hit. That probably hits. It takes 22 piercing damage. Please make a dexterity saving throw, star spawn, or join Furious. All right. Let me Which might up. actually help Furious because more people punching at the uvula, you know. <laughs> yeah, get in here with me, boys. I still can't do any damage to it. That is a four plus zero. You are swallowed. A swallowed creature is blinded and restrained, which means you take disadvantage on your to hits. And if you start your turn there, you will take necrotic damage from being inside the worm. All right, it seems like a bad idea to swallow that thing. <laughs> That's true. Well, <laughs> yeah, it was whispering in its ear, wasn't it? Oof, oof. I, you know, if there was one person to get swallowed, I kind of don't blame the giant worm at all for this one. Can't whisper from inside my stomach, says the, thinks the giant worm. Okay. By the way, the giant worm can have any number of creatures swallowed at one time. Okay. So, after the bite attack are two crush attacks. 
which are both going to be against the team. I'm rolling a d4. That one hits Boltzmann and a 1. So, Miss Motoko. So, Mr. Langley will uh, deflect the attack against Boltzmann, imposing disadvantage. Okay, I'll roll with disadvantage against Boltzmann. Wow, that made a huge difference. A 16 and a 2 on the dice. So, instead of a 32 to hit, this is a 18 to hit. Does that hit Boltzmann? That is a miss, because he's in Bladesong right now. Nice. Now, for Miss Motoko, it is a 27 to hit. Uh, Miss Motoko is a displacer beast, which means all attacks against her have disadvantage. Oh, rolling again. That was a natural 20 on the second roll. So, just a 27 to hit. Okay, she's got an AC of, she's got an AC of 13 as well, so... Got it. Uh, <laughs> that's she definitely is a hit. grappled and restrained as the worm rolls onto her... Until the giant worm moves, I read this time. And a giant worm can grapple up to two creatures at once. Okay, so she takes 20 bludgeoning damage from that. Her attacks are also now made at disadvantage, and she can try to escape on her turn. Okay. Next up is a stinger attack. Three doesn't exist anymore, so rolling again, that's Miss Motoko, who's also... Wow, we're getting rid of your friends pretty fast. Four this time. A stinger attack on Boltzmann. Does a 22 hit you? A 22 would hit Boltzmann in Bladesong, but he uses his reaction to cast shield, upping his AC to 27 for the turn. Nice. You avoid 23 piercing damage and 33 poison damage. Great job. Okay. That is the end of the worm's turn. It is thoroughly displeased by how rapidly its HP is depleting, and it hasn't had any cookies. (laughs) 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 all right and also now instead of being dr crud the third's turn you guys notice something a mechanical person in a wheelchair rolls up to the battle from far far away you recognize xavier tin man the one who fled from you earlier and he gets a look of big surprise as he sees the giant worm boltzmann shouts uh take the orphans to safety well, I mean, Boltzmann and Furious Johnson are currently intra-worm. Oh, yeah, you, um, you probably, might not We notice. probably can't see or, <laughs> or be aware of a lot. Well, Boltzmann's not inside the worm. The star spawn is. Oh, I missed that. Okay, cool. Yes. It's whispering to you now. <laughs> <laughs> he sent you a friend to lick your ear. Aren't you glad? Whisper. <laughs> whispering insane nothings in my ear. Trying to send me into insanity. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dr. Crud the Third, it's your turn. Yeah. Uh, anybody damaged? Anybody need healing? M- massively so. But you're inside the worm. I don't know if I can communicate that. Yeah. You could heal uh, Miss Matoko. She was hit for 20 damage. Okay. The Displacer Beast. Uh, yep. My auto-doc will go over to her and heal her for 20. Nice. And then, huh, really, don't have anything else to do. I'm pretty safe on the back. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Crud becomes a worm rider for the rest of his life. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I'll I'll use my rope to tie myself in a little bit better. (laughs) At level 13, you need to have bought some kind of magical weapon. Or I guess you're a cleric and you just heal people. Yeah. <laughs> That's how he was originally built. <laughs> yeah, they're getting very injured. They're just inside a worm and it's difficult for you to heal them, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, they might get regurgitated. Speaking of, we're back to Boltzmann. 
Boltzmann, can you have your star spawn attack first? I Now, when we define a turn, if the star spawn can, with disadvantage, do 50 damage this turn, which is its action only, I think it was a, a turn versus a round, right? A round is six turns or whatever. Like everybody's turn, right? Yep. A turn is a personal thing. Yeah. So everybody gets one turn. A round is everybody getting a turn. Okay, so then if your star spawn can do 50 damage, it'll throw up it and Furious. It gets disadvantage, right? Because it's restrained? Mm-hmm. So the first... Yeah. It's a 16, an 18, and a 23. So one of them hits for 16 damage. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Whispering Aura uh, is a Wisdom 21. I will read it. Uh, at the start of each of the Aberrations turn... Turns, each creature within five feet of the aberration must succeed on a wisdom saving throw against your spell save DC or take 2d6 psychic damage. It failed. So that affects... Uh, I guess that would affect Furious right now, wouldn't it? Uh-oh. Well, the worm Uh-oh. failed. Okay, it's seven damage. Okay. So that's a total of 23 damage to the worm. Noted. The worm is very upset that the star spawn is still whispering, this time to its inner ear. <laughs> You're being licked from the inside out. Ew. <laughs> Star spawns are gross. All right. Um, but so cool, right? Thank you for having your star spawn go first. You can continue with Miss Motoko making uh, her check escape DC 19. Um, yes. All right. That is a seven plus four. So she does not manage to escape. Okay. She is grappled and restrained. Until the giant worm moves, or she escapes. Okay. Then it is uh, Boltzmann's turn, I guess. Boltzmann is uh, pulling out his uh, harpoon and trying to stab this worm. He's going and just dancing around it a little bit. He's uh, maintaining the field while Furious is inside, and Dr. Crud is is, uh, riding this worm. He's just making sure it doesn't get any closer to the house. And uh, burying it whenever it wants to move anywhere. And uh, so he gets uh, a 30 on his booming blade attack and a 29 on his second attack. Those both hit. For a total of 25 damage. Oh man, this worm is looking real upset. So upset. That's a lot of damage. It hates you, Boltzmann. It's like, it's shaking the ground underneath it with its fury. And then Boltzmann will use his bonus action to command Mr. Langley to attack. Who rolls a four? Uh, he's Mr. Langley is so solid, but even he does not hit this giant worm on a four. <laughs> no. Is that the end of your turn? That is the end of my turn, yes. Furious, we're up to you. Hmm. Well. <laughs> well, I mean, this isn't looking good. Um, You're inside a worm. I am inside a worm. It's dark. You can't breathe. It is dark. You're starting to run out of oxygen, and inside you're screaming, inside the worm. This is this this is happening now. The only thing I'm wondering, <laughs> I'm wondering two things. Um, what what's the what's the rest rules when you're inside another creature? The what rules? The rest, like long rest. Could I take a long rest right now and just chill? <laughs> you will die before the end of the long rest occurs. I think it's eight hours, Damn. and I think you're taking. Oh, is that, is that 16, how long a long rest is? Yeah, you're going to take sixteen Fuck. necrotic damage at the start of its turn, every six seconds until you die. So at the end of the long rest, okay. you will be uh, 
truly at peace. <laughs> There's also an unspeakable horror whispering uh, uncomfortable <laughs> truths into your ear. It's like trying to fall asleep without a podcast, <laughs> listeners, huh? As if I needed that right now. I mean, come on. Um, well, okay, so I've, I've rolled a series of... Um, okay, my other question was in terms of dodging the necrotic damage from being inside the worm. That doesn't sound to me like something that would work. Can you read the exact wording of dodge? Ooh. Give me a second. Can you dodge being digested? This is a good yeah. question. I wish I had dodged being digested. Uh, dodge action. See under action domain spells. Divine domain. What? See under action. Action dodge 192. The trusty player handbook. It really does help to have a physical copy, everybody. I know D&D really Beyond does. and all that, but like, yeah. So, when you take the dodge action, you focus entirely on avoiding attacks. Until the start of your next turn, any attack roll made against you has disadvantage if you can see the attacker. It's the only thing I can see. Um, and you make dexterity saving throws with advantage. You lose this benefit. Yeah. Mm, if you're incapacitated or if your speed drops to zero, I am restrained. My speed is zero. I therefore cannot dodge. And this isn't an attack roll made against you. Is it not? It's not. Oh. Yep. So your speed is zero, so you can't dodge, and it's not an attack roll made against you, so you can't dodge. Okay. But it's good to examine all of your tools and see what you can use to I, get yourself out of this prison. I am desperately trying to find a tool yeah. <laughs> that can help. Um, if you work together with the star spawn, you could do enough damage to get out of there, possibly. So that is my... Um, given that everything I do has disadvantage currently, I was trying to find an alternate route, but... Um, so I've done uh, my unarmed strikes attacks where I had one hit off the two attacks, uh, rolled a 22, even with disadvantage, which I was pleased with. And that did nine points of damage plus the D12, which I didn't roll, which is another four points of damage. Uh, so 13 points of damage off that. Nice. Given I can't do anything else. Yeah. For being inside a worm, you're doing pretty good. It's all right. It's all right. Given I can't do anything else, I will now also do my flurry of blows. That's one more key point. And I have... Nope. <laughs> no, neither of those do anything. Okay. You dealt 13 damage to the worm from inside it. Mm -hmm. It needs a Tums. It's having some digestion issues. <laughs> It is. So, and the 50 points that we need to hit to get regurgitated, is that the accumulative damage across a turn from everything inside it? That says in one turn, which is one individual's actions. Ooh. Not in a round. I'm willing to make it a round because I did nerf this giant worm. Um, I probably should have nerfed turn to round when I nerfed it. It's this is <laughs> Giant worms are statted for level 20 groups, so I'm going to say one round since I'm, I'm nerfing it. That gives us half a chance. Like a nerf toy instead of a real weapon yeah <laughs> yeah that'll give you a chance so that was 13 for you and then it was 30 something for the star spawn i don't have the damage written down anymore well if it was 37 then that's enough to get out that was including 13 from boltzmann i think ah okay so it's very possible 
that you guys could together do 50 damage in a round, especially if someone else gets swallowed. Speaking of, at the end of Furious's turn, it's the worm's turn. <laughs> Let's start that with the star spawn and Boltzmann taking 16 necrotic damage for being inside the worm. Let's continue that with a bite attack against Boltzmann. It's not dumb, and you are hurting it. Disadvantage. Mr. Langney is uh, my valiant knight. All right, with disadvantage, that's only a 27. Does that hit you? Oof. Boltzmann casts a shield, but on a 27, yes, that even... That does hit. Take 22 piercing damage and make a dexterity saving throw or be swallowed. That is a 13 dexterity saving throw. DC 24. Boltzmann joins the party. (laughs) A swallowed creature is blinded and restrained and takes 16 necrotic damage at the start of each of the giant worm's turn. Okay, the giant worm is then going to try to crush Miss Matoko to death. It does a first attack at... uh, Oh, that's quite high. Gonna have to use a calculator for that one. Everything at disadvantage. Oh, never mind. That's lower. A 32 to hit. That hits. And a second crush attack. Is this also a disadvantage? Yes, because of the displacements. Only a 25. She's got an AC of 13. Oh, okay. (laughs) I forgot. Take 40 bludgeoning damage. She's still standing. Oh my gosh, Miss Motoko. Good kitty. And be grappled. Next up is the stinger attack. Now, Mr. Langley is available for this. I'm going to roll. At least one of your crush attacks has to be against a creature that you're crushing. So I'm going to keep rolling this d4 until I come up with either Mr. Langley or Miss Motoko. That is Mr. Langley. So that means that Mr. Langley, that is a natural one, does not get hit with a stinger. Wow. Mr. Langley is just so solid. Ninja monkey. That is the end of the worm's turn. Hey, everybody, how you doing? So far, just to recap, we have a star spawn, a greased up dwarf, and a, I, I always picture you as like being the Toy Story, like mechanical spider thing. Brain in a jar. Is, uh, rolling on wheels. He's okay. He's ro- never mind. He's rolling on wheels, and he is a brain in a jar, and he is now a brain in a jar in a worm. So you get a, a brain, you put it in a jar, and you put it in a worm, and that's. <laughs> <laughs> I see. This shall be my new body. Dr. Card the Third, we're back to you. Your party has entirely been consumed by the giant worm. The orphans got away, though. And speaking of, the tin man on the wheelchair does roll away from the battle now in a different direction as the orphans. So it's not like to save the orphans. It's just he's running away and he's not saving you. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> and it's your turn. Well, we're in a bit of a pickle, ain't we? All right, uh, the uh, the autodoc is going to Miss Maguto, and that's going to be 24 damages healed. And then for the action, he is going to do his second biological weakness. That's going to be a D12 for everybody. Speed bag the dangly thing, guys. Just speed bag the heck out of it, and you'll be fine. Um, and then, uh, yeah, he's going to kick the worm a couple times. You kick it ineffectually with your non-magical feet. Mm-hmm. That's it. You're literally the only one here with no magical feet. <laughs> That's it. All right. After Dr. Crud III, in which he saved Miss Matoko's life. Boltzmann, it's your turn. So if I'm keeping track correctly, everybody in my team is now either 
Uh, is now restrained, right? Everybody's rolling with disadvantage. Uh-huh. Um, Mr. Langley's not. Mr. Langley, of course. Always Mr. <laughs> Langley. He is a... Uh... <laughs> What would what would Boltzmann be without Mr. Langney? All right. Dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Boltzmann just got swallowed into this uh, giant worm. He goes like, Furious, Furious, we're still alive. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been so squelchy, but I'm here. All right. You and me, back to back. Let's attack this thing from the inside. Oh, what's this? Oh, what what horrible texture. <laughs> oh, can't believe I'm fighting back to back with a star spawn. It's it's licking my it's licking my brain. I don't know how it got its star in there. <laughs> um, and uh, despite all the distractions, Boltzmann's going to uh, attack with disadvantage. Everybody's going to attack with disadvantage. Boltzmann uh rolls a 13 and a 3 on his first on his uh on his booming blade attack so unfortunately that's a 15 and misses but the second attack hits on a 22 so that's uh 15 damage for boltzmann from inside this uh from inside this this worm's stomach all right i'm keeping track of the worm's health dr crud the third you keep track of how much damage is done before the worm's turn again so okay. 15 plus yeah 15 Plus, the aberration will uh, attack three times, and with with disadvantage, hit two out of three times. Uh, Good job, Star Spawn. On a twenty-five and a thirty-one, that thirty-one would have been a natural twenty had uh, not had disadvantage. It's another twenty-nine damage, and then the whispering aura is uh, wisdom save DC twenty-one. It fails. Is another ten damage. So that also goes to Furious and to Boltzmann. So I will make a wisdom saving throw now. They get thrown up. <laughs> Boltzmann rolls a five. Needs to make a concentration check since he takes 10 damage as well. <laughs> oh, they get thrown up? Yeah, that's 54 damage right there. Amazing. The worm regurgitates Furious and Boltzmann and the star spawn. And it's most happy about the star spawn leaving. <laughs> <laughs> You land prone within 10 feet of the giant worm. Covered in stomach acids. Yes, and blood. Worm blood. And Mr. Langley, like the hero he is, steps up and hits this worm with a force-empowered rend for another 8 damage. Oh man, the worm looks like very, very injured. We will all use the rest of our movements to stand up, stand strong against this worm. And say, you are no match for the fire-breathing kittens. Furious, come on. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, it's Furious's turn. Furious, the worm looks very, very bad. Right. Um, Flurry of blows time. It's the only thing that's going to, you know, we're going to try and finish this this thing off. Um, So I did all my rolls. But now I guess I'm not restrained anymore. So where I've done all my rolls with disadvantage previously, I, should, I need to re-roll for without disadvantage, don't I? Well, uh, let me say, do you hit the worm? I, I hit him twice with disadvantage. Okay. The worm looks so bad. Let's just... just it has eight hit points left. <laughs> Furious. Oh, right. Okay, no. We're good. We're wow. good. I, was doing 30, I was doing 31 points with the two hits I got. Oh, so. my goodness. Yeah. So, so describe what happens. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> Brilliant. Okay, I've got an, I've got an image in my head. So so one of the reasons why Furious um, has has continuously slathered himself in baby oil is because the need to be <laughs> agile in slippery moments is a key capability for a for a dwarf monk. So the fact that he's lying in a pool of giant worm saliva, having just been vigorously regurgitated, just means nothing to him at all. He is, he is if anything, he's in his element right now. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, um, he does a kind of a nice little sort of break dance, little flip turn, spins on his back, lands on his feet, springs forward, um, face first into the nearest thing that he can perceive as the equivalent to a forehead uh, of this worm and just just nuts him solidly full force dwarf into his head <laughs> doing 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 31 points of damage oh my and, goodness uh backflips back off the, the the giant worm's forehead and lands on his feet uh, and doesn't land on his feet he lands he lands in that kind of superhero landy pose where one 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 knee and one hand on the floor one arm up in the air and uh, and feels like he has uh, vindicated his previous issues from <laughs> getting swallowed. <laughs> the giant worm screams, raising its tube body to the heavens, Dr. Crud holding on for dear life as it does death spasms and then lays still. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You the giant worm. <laughs> you couldn't have done Yay. that earlier. <laughs> I'm trying. It was hard from inside. Now that's an encounter. Come at us, tax collectors. Dr. Crud is going to walk into the worm's mouth and harvest organs. Can you carry them? That is an ability. Organ harvest. I get four organs. Four worm organs. You get four <laughs> worm organs. I uh, don't really know much about worm anatomy. Can you describe to me what organs you take, Dr. Crud Third? Well, absolutely, I can. Well, first, when I walk in there, I grab that uvula, because that is definitely coming. <laughs> and then I walk in a little bit more, and then there's the uh, splatterglass right there on the right, so I grab that. I go down a little bit further, and, oh, heart, grab the heart. And then I go down a little bit more, and I just grab the whole anus. Great. <laughs> you have collected those. Yeah, you have. Yay, battle complete. You can now free act again. Furious, do you need some little medical intervention? <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Furious, <laughs> Furious wasn't, wasn't feeling great. Um, and at the sight of Dr. Crud III, Clark crawling out of, out of the worm's mouth with a worm anus over one shoulder. It's a little bit more than Furious Johnson can take, and he's now actually having physical convulsions on the floor. <laughs> All right, lay down, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to do a little bit of surgery on you, and you're going to be just fine. Thank you, thank you. He says between breaths of gasping hilarity. So uh, that was going to be 21 hit points from that, and you know what? I got plenty of quick patches, so I'm going to apply one of those as well for another 20 hit points. Uh, total of 41, 41 on top of my 53 equals 94. Thank you. I'm nearly back to full. You're welcome. That was amazing. Everybody says I'm a bad doctor, but that is absolute bull hockey. <clears throat> as long as you're not inside a worm, I can totally patch you up. <laughs> I 
I think you, you, they normally consider you a bad doctor because you you normally do your doctoring after you've caused the damage, and that's probably slightly against the Hippocratic oath. You're, I don't know. You got to make your own work sometimes. You also <laughs> harvest organs from any patient, regardless of what they come in for. Well, I'll tell you what: if they would have swallowed you and you guys would have died, I would have harvested your organs too. This is why I don't have any organs. Except the one. <laughs> Just the one. You got the brain. All right, well, I guess... Uh, Boltzmann... Oh, yeah? Boltzmann will cast Prestidigitation, turn on his little screen wipers, and clean his own body. Uh, he will pull out a fire hose from his back and, and spray off Furious Johnson... And uh, the star spawn, I guess, who is still there, lasts an hour. <laughs> it says, just don't stand next to it and you'll be fine, okay? Now, you just go hide over in the bushes, all right? So nobody sees you. <laughs> this unpleasantness. This is how the spiders started. <laughs> be free in the woods. <laughs> Uh, Furious Johnson uses his monk reactions to dodge your hose spray. He's realised that the uh, giant worm saliva is actually more uh, lubricant than his own baby oil and 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 actually would would prefer to remain coated in it. Thank you. Can you give you a uh, plus five to your dexterity saving throws for the next 24 hours? Oh, there you go. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you, DM. Well, shall we go collect all our monies? Yes, but first, uh, Boltzmann will head toward the orphans. Oh, they went that way. Oh, yeah, no, they're right there. They're, like, hiding behind a bush. Yeah. Orphans, are you all right? <laughs> the moment you kill the worm, they peek their little orphan heads out, and Susie exclaims, You saved us! Susie, the half-elf, exclaims, looking exuberant. Do an insight check. Hey, you kids want some worm food? An 11 on insight. Do a persuasion check, Dr. Crow the Third. Oh, persuasion check for a joke. Okay. Uh, that's going to be a 16. Yes, they do. Well, come grab some. It's, there are plenty of worm here for everyone. Oat, the furbolg, walks towards the worm and starts poking at it. <laughs> Use a stick. It feels better. <laughs> oh, she does. Just make sure you keep hold of that anus, Dr. Crud. We're going to need some evidential proof when we go back to old uh, Bloomcamp Road that, that we have taken out the uh, the monster. Yeah, it's right here. Good, good. Just, I just didn't want the kids to eat it, right? Oh, no, no. The parts I, I harvested stay with me. They can have the rest of it. Okay. Okay, good, good. I wonder if I could integrate its digestive tract into my own body and be the one eating people. What well, we could try, but again, without a circulatory system, it's only going to last like a day or two tops. Oh, Dr. Crud, you're always thinking about the future. What's that all about? Problems are solved now. Or the Splanian worm to go grab. Go for it. <laughs> um, I mean, does, does the worm not have a circulatory system? <laughs> From high school biology, uh, it has a heart. So, yes, probably, but just a tiny one. I mean, a tiny, a tiny heart for a giant worm is going to be a pretty big heart for most other people, I imagine. I don't think worms have hearts. <laughs> As Boltzmann cuts the worm open to discover what is inside there, <laughs> what did Dr. Crud the Third collect? Hmm. <laughs> and he digs around. That 11 insight check, it 
DC 10 for most of these um, the things I want you to pass. <laughs> so, although Oat the orphaned Firbolg looks serene and at peace with her quietness, poking the giant worm with a stick, something looks wrong with the fire genasi. Her face is bright red, and tears are welling in her eyes. Ember, what's wrong? Ember wails and sobs. <laughs> it's my fault. It's my fault. We almost died. She sobs, wailing. I assure you, Ember, we did not almost die. And even if we would have, I can resurrect the dead. She takes comfort from that and stops sobbing as hard. Oh, but her parents aren't back. So then she starts crying <laughs> really hard. And oh, she goes, I, God. I, she begins sobbing so hard that she can't breathe or form words. Come on now, Ember. Would you like me to detect your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, that might... I'll talk to you, but just you. And um, only you detecting her thoughts. That's what this next communication is going to be. So, Dr. Crud the Third and Furious, you can't hear this. What? Okay. She thinks to you, Boltzmann. It's my fault. Boltzmann will, uh, for this occasion, cast Rory's Telepathic Bond as a fifth-level spell um, so that he can respond to her telepathically and ask, Why do you think it's your fault, Amber? Giant worms pop up and eat people all the time, I presume. I did not know they existed until a few minutes ago, but uh, I live by experiments and... Apparently they are there, so I presume they must have been here for thousands of years. I, I don't know. She's seven. But earlier today, I was playing with the dish and I cracked it. And then I tried to push the crack back together and it shattered completely. It's my fault the worm got out. Earlier today? Yeah, I dropped it and there was a crack. And then, like, you know... After you guys arrived, I snuck into the hallway and I tried to push the crack together. That didn't work. That didn't work. Don't do that. Listen, Ember. Anybody who seals a giant worm into a ceramic plate and then puts it on display in a hallway is very stupid. <laughs> There's bound to be an orphan sooner or later <laughs> who will come by and break it. This is not your fault. You're seven years old. You do not bear the brunt of the responsibility here. Although... You can be more careful in the future. Nobody died, so don't worry about it. Again, just learn to resurrect the dead. You don't have to worry about anything. <laughs> I'm writing down, Ember wants to be a necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. When she grows up, she wants to be, is it an astronaut, a firefighter, an engineer? A necromancer. <laughs> 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 all right well she sniffles she has a dream for her future i'm literally i'm adding that to the character's personality traits and uh <laughs> she feels a lot better thank you boltzmann you're welcome and i pull ember in for a hug Ah, uh, she hugs you and then what everyone else sees is that she was crying and now she's not she looks a lot better and she's hugging this like rolling brain <laughs> <laughs> giant brain Dr. Crud sees a hug going and then just grabs them both in a big elephant hug, lifting them both uh, off of their feet. Or wheels. Or wheels. F F Furious. Furious is feeling left out and with his super lubricated 
uh, <laughs> Potty <laughs> manages to squeeze himself in the middle of the entire pack. So he's not actually doing any hugging. He's just he is now he is now the huggy. Yeah, and once he squeezes in, he gets to that one perfect point, and then pops right out the top. <laughs> pops out the top. <laughs> Excellent. Well, now that we all feel the love, shall we go get paid? That's, uh, I believe, two grand, two hundred k that we're uh, owed. Indeed. Well, we need, we do need to be sure that it was only the one giant worm that was causing both of the problems. But let's assume so, and, and let's let's hope we've definitely got one hundred k to share between ourselves. We need to pop back to two fifty, two five, three eight, Blumcat Road, and check it out. I've got that aberration uh, for an hour so if we want to kill another giant worm let's do it soon very good <laughs> we'll best best go speak to miss somerset first away to get our first payment yes um i'm gonna sk- skip ahead um like we don't have enough time to do the spider thing so although you guys might have done that in story like for you guys mechanically like for your gold gaining and for all the storytelling and stuff we don't have enough time in this game for us to tell the story of you guys versus Boltzmann spiders. But, uh, Boltzmann, if you'd like to know, I'll share this information with you because you don't get to battle it. Your face spiders have run amok. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I'm just going to keep going. We don't have enough time to do that. But, yeah, those are spiders, and they like to eat gnomes and goblins and halflings. <laughs> And the cool thing about space spiders is that they pop in and out of the ethereal plane. So they're like walking towards you and then they're gone and then they're right next to you. Eating your face. (laughs) How could this happen? I I set them free in the jungle of all places. It's like they can jaunt ethereally or something. (laughs) I told you this would happen. (laughs) I use those exact words. Ecosystem destruction. Remember? (laughs) Well, and I would say to that, Dr. Crud, that any destruction is a is an act of creation in its own way. Or it unbalances everything and everybody is screwed. The ecosystem is not destroyed, Dr. Crud. It's simply a new ecosystem with phase spiders at the top. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, back to, that was like a, a thematic, theatric? A theatric cutscene. <laughs> but like, back to, uh, you guys just killed the the giant worm, and the orphan stopped crying. Let's go collect a reward, shall we? Aye. Yeah, let's go. We knock at the door to see if Miss Somerset is still alive and hasn't fled. The door opens at your knock. It wasn't actually completely closed. It was swinging on its hinges because you ran out to the yard. And it swings open. The huge mansion is completely silent. You walk in and enter the tea room. No one is here. There are doors on the left and on the right. Ah, uh, they said they, they, um, didn't we, did we hear them? Do we know that they went into the safe room? You told us they went into the safe room, but as, as characters, I guess, as players, we know that. As characters, though, we're probably not aware, are we? I think you heard that. Yeah, they said, let's get them to the safe room. And then I thought they were going to come out and help us, but I guess they're all cowards and decided to all go to the safe room and say, you know what? We're going to be safe. Screw those guys. We're going home. So, so rather than try and work out where they are, Furious just shouts, Hey, cowards, you can come out now. It's safe. 
We dealt with the giant worm. No thanks to you, but it's gone. Oh, so you are making noise and you're saying that it's safe. Okay, well then, yes, that inspires this. Roll, roll, roll. The unmistakable sound of wheels on the floor. Peering through the open door jam, you see Xavier Tin Man. He's rolling up to a bookshelf. He pulls on a book, but instead of coming off of the shelf, it pivots and the adjacent wall pops open with a clip. Xavier tugs on the wall and calls inside before you can enter the room, beating you to the punch. It's all clear, Miss Sunset. I punched the worm to death with these two fists. Ha ha! Liar. Sunset, the wealthy... Well, hold on. You'll get a chance to react, I promise. (laughs) Sunset, the wealthy fire genasi... Janasi emerges from the safe room, sighs in relief, and congratulates Xavier. Well done. That's a relief. I guess we didn't need fire-breathing kittens after all. And then uh, I have here, give the players a chance to respond. Because you guys, yeah, definitely could hear that. Dr. Crud pulls out the worm anus and shoves it into everybody's faces. (laughs) No, (laughs) you did not. We did. You liar. And then Boltzmann will cast suggestion on Xavier Tinman and say, Now, Xavier, why not tell uh, Miss Somerset the truth? It's going to come out in the end. And he can make a will uh, wisdom saving throw. And as he says the end, Dr. Crud shakes the anus. Twelve. That's a fail. So he has to do the thing? Yes. He tells Shall the truth. Shall I read suggestion for you? Uh, I okay. mean, it, yes works. So he he says, they beat it to death with their two fists. I lied. You're lying again. It wasn't two fists. It was a forehead, but oh, yeah. at least that's, <laughs> that's against the point. Yep, yep, that resolves that. So he tried to take credit for you killing the worm, and you did not let him. All right. Now the guards rush in. They weren't in the safe room. They're just, they were... You guys are really fast. Mm -hmm. Footsteps on the floorboards. A large group is rushing in. The white-haired woman, the half-orc man with the beautiful long straight black hair, the male goliath, the black dragonborn, the porky person, and the leonid man with the big mane all rush in. The white-haired woman is holding two semicircle halves of a disc, looking indignant. She takes in the situation in front of her, realizes that Xavier was not with them, and says, You! Xavier Crystal exclaims, seeing, obviously, no offense, you guys have been inside a worm. It looks like you've been inside a worm, shall we say? (laughs) So she can tell. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. Okay. You, Crystal exclaims, deducing quickly. You're in here. Ah, you must have done this, everyone. Xavier broke the seal. Ayaz, the half-orc with the long black hair, shouts, he must have released the worm so he could distract us and steal from Miss Somerset. Furious says, look, for, I mean, you really are a bunch of drama queens, aren't you? A, you're terrible guards, right? You've achieved absolutely nothing in all this. B, you're all lying to each other. C, you're all jumping to conclusions. This is this is absolutely ridiculous. I'll tell you what happened. It wasn't him. It was an accident. It was one of the orphans. But you know what? We can't blame the orphans. The person I blame in all this is you, Aos, you black-haired freak. You've... Who who does that? Who 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 seals a worm in a ceramic plate and then leaves the plate on the mantelpiece waiting for death? We've this is this is terrible. Miss Miss uh, what's your name? Miss Somerset. Uh, 
I think you should sack all these guards and I think you should employ the fire-breathing kittens in the future to be doing these guys' jobs for you because these guys are not capable. Wow. <laughs> furious is furious. Furious, furious is furious. <laughs> furious is seething. He's dripping in giant worm saliva. He's he's feeling like he's not going to get paid for the work he's done. And all he's seeing is he's just surrounded by morons that are incapable of doing a decent job, apart from obviously his two very fine fire-breathing kitten colleagues, a, a, a ninja monkey and this displacement cat thing that he still isn't really sure what it is, but he's not asking questions <laughs> yet. Okay. Uh, first, do the... Um, no, I'll react one at a time. There's so many things to react to. i got to react one at a time. <laughs> okay, so first, Sunset kneels down in front of the orphans and asks them gently, Is this true? Ember raises tear-filled eyes and cries, Yes, I'm sorry! And throws her arms around Sunset. They hug. There, there. It's okay. I know you didn't mean it. It's okay. After a while, she stands up and shakes your hands, fire-breathing kittens, and uh, does look at Ayaz like, hmm, hmm. Please do a persuasion check. Let's see if she fires Ayaz, because, yeah, you did suggest that. Um, uh, nat, nat, nat one. <laughs> she will not hire the fire-breathing kittens because of the natural one. And how that, how that goes down is that she looks at the saliva-covered... <laughs> <laughs> Very. I like, mean, I, now I think about it, I wouldn't listen to me either. So. <laughs> he's furious. He's screaming. <laughs> She's like, "Well, um, I'm, I'm not interested in hiring you guys long term. Although I do want to thank you for fighting off this worm, Doctor Crud the Third and Boltzmann. Do you have any other suggestions for what she could do? You could pay us. You could learn wizardry." She uh, shakes your hands, fire-breathing kittens, and hands you a paper promissory note you can exchange for 100,000 gold at a bank, because that amount of gold weighs a literal ton. So, <laughs> And then she decides to study wizardry and protect herself. So Boltzmann today has inspired one orphan to pursue necromancy, and one Somerset wants to be a wizard. So you want to be a wizard, Somerset. <laughs> All right. You guys have earned 100,000 gold. Da 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 da. da. And it immediately falls out of Furious's pocket. <laughs> How are you dividing your gold? <laughs> um well, three ways, eh? Yeah. I well, think that's fair. Two ways that way we don't have to worry about Furious losing his section. <laughs> As long as, as long as one of you just follows me and picks it all up on the way back, we're fine. <laughs> you all get one third of 100,000 gold then, I guess, eventually one day. All right. So do you have anything else you'd like to do before you hear the epilogues? We'll go to the uh, second I, I, house. Yeah, I wanted to go back to Blumkamp Road and see what, that, what was going down there. Okay. You kill the spiders. Oh, was that? Ah, ah. Okay, so it wasn't the same monster that was causing the problems. It, it was, was not. The spiders. Uh, let me ah, pull up that page. There's some spiders going on here. Okay, you kill the spiders, and during the combat, the uh, Titus and Burn join you and say, Killing spiders is fun, just like killing gnomes. Ha 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 ha, Burn, says Burn. I really what? don't like you, but Burn, you're awesome. <laughs> 
Can we feed... Who said that? Titus or, or Burn? Uh, Titus said killing gnomes is awesome. And then I, I should have switched character voices. I should have just... I don't know. I got, I got lost. They're both of the opinion that killing spiders is great and killing gnomes also great. Burn it down. They love it. Yeah. So you do kill the phase spiders. We're going to skip the combat. And you just hear them <laughs> say that during the combat. And now we're at the end of the combat. And the um, you're back in the house. And you have Arndt and, and Gracia Quennell, the gnome couple that speak in unison, apparently. And <laughs> they go, thank you so much for killing the phase spiders, fire-breathing kittens. The Boltzmann spiders. They're not phase spiders. They're Boltzmann spiders. We're incredibly grateful. Here is your pay. A hundred thousand gold pieces weighs a literal ton. So the gnome hands you something much more reasonable, a promissory note for the bank that is one half of a bank transfer, and a heavy leather bag that clinks mysteriously. So you're getting the 100,000 gold, and you also get this heavy leather bag that clinks mysteriously. They hold it out to the party. Dr. Crud will open it. What's in the bag? Boltzmann watches as Dr. Crud III loosens the leather bag's opening. All that glitters is, well, it actually is gold. The shiny yellow metal sparkles in the light. But what's that? Do a perception check. That is going to be 25. 16 for Boltzmann. Oh, am I doing Okay. Yeah, you look inside the gold bag. Bag o' gold. Bag o' gold. Yeah, it was 12 for me. Furious? Uh, you, it's just a bag of gold. The other two notice... That one seems a bit different. The stamped relief has a different symbol than the other coins. Four stars. Hmm. Boltzmann and Dr. Crud III, do your choice of knowledge-gaining skill check. And Furious, uh, you notice that they're inspecting a coin a lot. Are you guys going to share with Furious? Well, Furious and I have a secret. I was thinking of keeping this from Furious. It's just a Boltzmann and Dr. Crud secret. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's some hand gestures going on. <laughs> Boltzmann does a 21 arcana check. That is going to be a uh, 22 nature. Got it. For arcana, the type of information gained is that when you study magic, every magic student has heard this legend. If you can collect all nine wishing coins, you summon the world dragon who can grant you any one wish you desire. Anything you want... <laughs> anything at all. This coin is far, far more valuable than the amount you were due. And for nature, you know. Nature tells you about the natural world. You know about the world dragon. It's a dragon capable of granting any wish that the person wants. You summon it by bringing these coins together. And then if you've collected every one of the coins, the dragon gets summoned and the coins get scattered to the ends of the earth. It's natural. (laughs) Naturally. Uh, and then, Interesting. Furious, by the way, if they'd told you, then your cellmate, Scrope McFlanagan, would have told you about this coin score he made this one time. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you two will never find that out because you cut me out of the equation. Yep. So you will never get the dragon's wish. So. <laughs> I, I will tell Furious after, after, the, uh, after the fact. <laughs> so just to let you know, Scrote has one of these. It's Ooh, the reason why he okay. went to jail. Hey, we finally got oh, one. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice callback. He buried it and they didn't get it and they sent him to jail and they still haven't found it. Amazing. Now, one last thing before we leave. I would recommend firing uh, the guards that you have because we just overheard them uh, speaking about how fun it is to kill gnomes. <gasps> they did. Oh, and before we progress on to this, this coin is worth over a million gold, just to let you know. 
Keep going. Okay. Ha! Huh, they did! And uh, they both look askance at Titus and Burn, who are going to try to deception check right now. No, we didn't. And they rolled a 17 on the dice. The gnomes... Are you helping them, you would say, to do an insight check? Ooh, the gnomes needed to beat it. They see that Titus and Byrne were lying because you pointed it out to them. Without your assistance, they would not have been able to see through the duplicitousness of Titus and Byrne. What caused you to say such things? They ask them. Titus and Byrne uh, shrug. <laughs> And skedaddle. <laughs> we all know Wept is racist. <laughs> they, they run out of the home and are never to be seen again. Now this does leave the Arndt and Ingratia Quenel, the gnome couple, without guards. Now, I would suggest that you take up uh, classes in some type of fighting college because Miss Somerset just uh, is going to learn wizardry. You can form an adventuring party of your own. Oh... So this kind, older couple of gnomes, they're like three feet tall. Uh, they look at you and they're like, we're not the fighting type. I, I, I don't know what we're going to do, but it's not that. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure that Furious Johnson here knows a monastery that will take the two of you in. I, I do, actually. Yeah, yeah. If you wanted, if you wanted to, you know, hide away in, the, in a nice little forest somewhere, then that's an option. But... Um, I warn you, it's uh, not quite as luxurious as this uh, as this place you're living in. They definitely don't have a, a 20 foot by 50 foot swimming pool in the garden. This is not a young couple. They have an almost adult child. They're not going to train as fighters. Do you guys have, as a party, any possible solution for, I guess, Somerset and the Kennels? The Quennels. Do you have anything you want to suggest? And by the way, this is the last moment of the game. You have been paid 200,000 gold. You have defeated the monsters. You've saved the orphans. Anything else you want to do here? Dr. Crud is going to nail the worm anus onto the front door to keep <laughs> everyone out. <laughs> Hang up scarecrows and keep the monsters out that way. All right. That's the suggestion. <laughs> So the issue have is that they need to guard against intruders, right? I think I, I, I personally think a giant worm anus nailed to the front door would keep out absolutely everybody. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of a better deterrent. Um, Boltzmann has got a, a practical solution for both of these. Um, he's going to try and cast a spell called Guards and Wards. With his museum apparatus, there's another spell he is—he uh, he knows or has prepared, but um, it creates a ward that protects an entire house up to 2,500 square feet. And on command, it can fill all the corridors with fog. It can lock all the doors magically. Uh, it can fill all stairs with webs. <laughs> <laughs> Place dancing lights in four corridors, magic mouth in two locations, a stinking cloud in two locations. And a constant gust of wind in one corner room. <laughs> and, and to top it off, uh, a suggestion in one location, which uh, uh, will fire off on uh, any creature that enters that area. So uh, they get a whole uh, 
automatically automated defense system <laughs> nice. for their homes. <laughs> Take 5,000 gold from each family as a reward for setting up a security system for them. <laughs> you get an additional 10,000 gold, Boltzmann. Great job. Thank you. All right, you guys ready for epilogues? What, and we get, we get nothing for the giant worm anus nailed to the door? <laughs> you also get 10 gold for the giant worm anus. <laughs> now, nah, I'm taking my anus and going. Okay. <laughs> All right, epilogue time. If the heroes convinced the Quenels to fire, burn, Titus, Grack, and Spork, which you did. It's a good thing you convinced the Quenels to fire, burn, Titus, Grack, and Spork. Those four were bad news. Because the Quenels fired their guards and hired different ones, Slash got a security system. That's what happened. <laughs> they got a, a Boltzmann security system for the Boltzmann spiders. Hey, don't ask any questions. <laughs> Make your own business. The plan to murder the gnomes and steal all their money was foiled. You saved the Quenels' lives. Yay, good job. And then Orin passively benefits because his school friend Bruno's parents didn't die. Good job. Yay. If they don't let Xavier get arrested, your defense of Xavier made him see you fire-breathing kittens in a new light. Sure, Aaron was a little overzealous defeating him in the episode Thirsty Beach, but enthusiasm for one's job can be seen as a good personality trait. He shrugs and lets bygones be bygones. Life's a long road. You aren't friends by any means, but he can see why people hire you. Defending him made him, you know, neutral towards you instead of... You could have let him go to jail for that breaking the plate it's good you didn't cool one step in the right direction and then lastly if you don't convince the nobles to create monster cade for all which was my name for designing this episode monster cade for all which doesn't apply this one's kind of a bummer sadly you did not convince the nobles of elysian fields to band together to collectively pay for protection because there is no guaranteed payer who will buy guards, whether or not there is an imminent monster attack, the risk of offering guard services to Elysian Fields to train and maintain guards increases. They can afford it. They need to charge more to compensate for time laid off, and the price also increases. That sounds like a good thing. Elysian Field residents continue to rush to hire guards when they need one, meaning sometimes there aren't enough guards available or skilled enough to defend them. The lack of a community-wide patrol means there is no patrol around to scare off monsters before they attack. Without preventative monster cade, there's no safety net to stop small problems from growing into big ones. Overall, the level of protection remains patchy. Personal monster protection insurance strategies have gaps, and the patchwork coverage results in unnecessary deaths. There are more houses smashed and more lives lost in the five years that follow than there would have been if you had talked the Elysian Field residents into implementing Monstercade for all. <laughs> but maybe you can make some money off it. Yeah. Job security. Or well, however, the Five Breathing Kittens Guild thrived through emergency card recruitment. Hey, I told them to learn wizardry. If that's not working for them, then that's not my fault. Sometimes you gotta make your own work. We already discussed this. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta make your own work. Joining us today were Furious. Hey, thank you, everybody. Boltzmann. I got eaten by a giant worm and came out mostly alive. <laughs> Just like you were before.
<laughs> and Dr. Crud the Third. Well, it's time to install this worm anus into Boltzmann. <laughs> <laughs> and remember, sometimes you gotta make your own work. Oh, and uh, Boltzmann, you will be being moved out in two weeks. <laughs> Everybody look forward. We might do a little mini episode about that. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. What's up, Sassy Gamers? It's Mike here from Sass Gaming to tell you about our podcast, Got Our Attention. Got Our Attention podcast covers all the most interesting news in gaming, technology, and sometimes bizarre news for the week. We cover our main stories, talk about what we've been playing, and finish by covering our other top stories, each in their own minute. So give us a listen on Anchor at anchor.fm slash sasgaming, or check us out at www.sasgaming.com for more information. Are you looking for a new movie review podcast? Check out Clubhouse Movies Podcast. Yeah, I, I was died on this couch. It's my house. We do long form, hilarious discussions in our review episodes. All I can say was that my favorite part of this movie was the five-minute nap I took watching it. And movie news in Shop Talk. They are filming the new Indiana Jones movie. Harrison Ford has uh, jacked up his shoulder. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan, back at it again. What's this oh. movie called? Oh. Find Clubhouse Movies Podcast wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube.